Well, there goes the neighborhood. Good morning, everybody, and welcome on this January 7th, 2023. I was going to say it's our first edition of Dave's Gone By for the new year, except we kind of leaked into the brand new year last week when we did our wonderful New Year's Eve celebration program. I hope you were there for that. We did it at a special time. We actually did it um, Saturday night going into Sunday morning from about 10 in the evening Eastern time until we're so, <laughs> I was supposed to finish up at about 20 after 12 and we went to almost close to like one o'clock but it was um, it was delightful and we had so many wonderful guests that I thanked when they were on so many friends of the neighborhood people who've been on this program in the years past and did us the honor of coming back and celebrating the new year with us which is now seven days old. And here we are again. It's Saturday morning. We're here from nine until noon or thereabout with the usual mix of nonsense. It's, I was going to say nonsense and sense, but really mostly nonsense. Um, and our usual segments. For example, pardon me, <clears throat> our Colorado limerick of the damned, where we will be going to Newcastle, Colorado. Newcastle, yes, it's not just apparently Pennsylvania or England where they bring coals to Newcastle. No, we're bringing horrible, evil poetry to Newcastle, Colorado. That's a bit later in the show. We have our Today Yesterday trivia quiz. Yes, we'll be, we didn't have one over the new year, but we do it pretty much every week where we have a couple of panelists trying to answer ridiculous trivia questions for no money, no prizes, no real prestige either. It's just a way to kill an hour on a Saturday morning, but it's a lot of fun. And joining us will be Leslie Hoban Blake. She unfortunately will not have her camera on, but we will hear her. And we will hear and see Vicky Quaddy, our beloved writer and actress from Chicago, <clears throat> excuse me, from Chicago, where she does Bible Bingo and Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun? And of course, Late Night Catechism, which has been running for almost 30 years now uh, in and around Chicago and all over the country as well. But she plays the game along with Leslie and our special guest in the neighborhood coming up in about half an hour first. She'll be interviewed by the great Rabbi Saul Solomon. If you know the show, I don't have to explain who Rabbi Saul Solomon is. As a matter of fact, if you're any kind of a police person or court person or anybody in Interpol, CIA or FBI, you know who, who Rabbi Saul Solomon is. He's the founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. And he will be interviewing someone who is even a more confident speaker than he is. And he's, it's not that he's a good speaker, he's just really brash and, and awful. But uh, we have with us Risa Wolf, and she has spent 30 plus years coaching people, mostly in the business and the business executive world. And notice, to say that I'm doing the Joe Franklin hand move, uh, in the business world, to be better speakers. You know, when they have to go to these big things like, like, Kevin McCarthy had to give a speech last night when, oh, I don't know, after several years, he finally um, <laughs> he finally got voted in as Speaker of the House. So he had to, you know, at one o'clock in the morning or whenever it was, he had to give a big old speech. Well, she could have coached him. I mean, he apparently did a good job. But this is what Risa Wolf does. She gets people ready to give the speeches of their lives or, or especially TED Talks. 
one of the things is that she grooms people when they want to or they have to go and give a TED talk, which is a specific kind of thing. I always feel um, not bad, but I feel a little I'm guilty. What would be the word? See, I, if I were coached by Risa Wolf, I would have the word. Uh, I, I feel a little under-armored, if you will, and not like the coach. I feel when I teach, which I do, I, I teach English at a, a university, but I feel like, why isn't this like a TED Talk? Why am I not so incredibly prepared 32 times a year, uh, um, you know, and, and just doing brilliantly, because what is it? What is it? It's somebody standing there telling a story or talking or giving great advice or explaining some kinds of theories. And they'll sometimes have um, some audio visual, but it's mostly about the speaker. And I'll figure, you know, they, these people, they get on TED Talks and for 15, 20 minutes, you're just, you're, you're wrapped because they're so good at what they do. And they're so interesting and there's no matter what the topic is, right? And they're just, they have the audience and the audience is into it. And they just say, whoa, best college course ever. And then I stand up there in front of you know, undergraduate students two or three times a week. And it's like, hey, and this, and you know, the verb goes, and uh, well, this story is about, and uh, let's all talk about this. Let's, let's have a discussion about, yeah, anybody, you know, so you did the reading. Did any of you do the reading? Okay, the two of you who did the reading, you know, and it's like, all the air. It's like, it's like a TED talk, it's a dead talk. But, uh, you know, I do my best, I got my paycheck. But, you know, if she could prepare me like, you know, to do 40 hours of, because that's how many classroom hours a professor is supposed to do when you're doing a semester's worth of work. If she could, she could get me to that point where every time I come in, I am like, you know, I'm, I'm tedding this through. I am ted ahead, if you will, with this lecture today. And boy, oh boy, you, you, you kids, they're not going to be on your cell phones. They're going to be sitting there going, when's lunch? Uh, and, and by the way, this is spring, 8 o'clock in the morning class. Um, and I just gone there like, oh, God, best professor ever. I mean, you know, I'm going to skip my next class just so I can sit through doing this again later today with another group. Yeah, mm, that, this, would, this, would, this would make my year. This would make my life if people felt like that. Or even if they felt like that when I was on stage doing shows. But um, I hope you feel a bit of that. When I'm winging it here on Saturday morning, doing the Dave's Gone By Facebookio, Podcastio, Programio of the stream. So yes, Risa Wolf will be with us, being interviewed by Rabbi Sal and playing the Today Yesterday trivia quiz alongside some of our regular great panelists and girly crimes at all times. Because my wife Joyce and I will be along, along in a moment or two. Um, we lived, <coughs> excuse me, in Colorado for a bunch of years. And while we were there, we got the local newspaper because it was free at the university. So, I mean, not that it wasn't worth paying for. I would pay on it a little bit, a little bit, for the two columns that are in the Greeley Tribune every week. And basically, they are based on real things, one of which is phone calls that come in from people who see weird things going on in the neighborhood up in northern Colorado and feel they have to call the police department and get the force right on it. And the funniest, weirdest ones get collated <clears throat> and, and um, 
grabbed for the column every week in the paper. And then there's another column that Mike Peters is still doing, and it's called 100 Years Ago. He's going through the newspapers now from 1923 and looking for silly, cute, ridiculous, nostalgic things to our modern eyes that were printed, really printed, in Northern Colorado newspapers back a hundred years ago. Well, we mix them both up and we call that grilly crimes and old times. It's a whole, whole bunch of fun. So that's what we do. And that's what we will be doing on this particular episode. Let me, let me grab a cup of coffee in my folder. Hey, where's, oh, there's my coffee. I was wondering where it is because, of course, I've got my, my morning scratchy throat today. <clears throat> haven't, haven't had to take a full minute out and heave or... <clears throat> But that's coming. That's coming. Anyway, good morning to you. Mm. Mm. From my $5 <laughs> Big Lots mug, which we get because it has like a retractable lid thing. It's really cool. Mm. Mm. Except I didn't realize that if you have it for a while, you put really hot coffee or really hot tea in it and before any ice or milk goes into it, and you try and reach it by anything but the handle, uh, this isn't that well insulated. <laughs> so, you know, the other day I was reaching for like a hot tea, and I just like, oh, I'll just grab it this way. No, I won't. No, I won't. You can still see the mark on my finger. But what do I want to talk to you about? What do I, what do I want to clear my throat quite literally with before we really, you know, get cracking with the guest and Rabbi Saul and everything that we have to do? Well, it's been an interesting uh, New Year so far, if you've been watching the news, I get to a little more time to spend like um, surfing uh, the TV and, and, and websites than I will again when I'm, I'm teaching later in the month. But, you know, this whole house thing, I don't know, I'm a, you know, first of all, I hate Republicans. You know, I hate the Democrats, too. I hate them both. But, <laughs> but you know, for various reasons, especially last year, despised Republicans. And don't like Kevin McCarthy, don't like um, any of the other people that they've gotten, certainly the, the crazy, the Gates and the Boberts and all those folks, right? But this whole crazy, crazy process, the um, first thing about that is maybe it is democracy in action. Maybe the idea is you have all these people on one side and they're not monolithic, right? The, the Democrats try to be monolithic, even though... Remember five, six years ago when Trump shocked everyone and won the, the nominees and presidency and beat the Shu and Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party was in disarray and you know it was everybody was blaming, well, you know, the far left was turning on the center and they couldn't get it together and the Democrats don't know what they're doing, and it's gonna be, oh, will will they ever come back if it took four years? took four years and lasted into the next two years when a red wave that happened barely even turned pink. But, you know, what happened the last few days was hilarious and a joke and ridiculous. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, isn't that what's supposed to happen? You have people in a party, they all have their particular interests, they all represent diverse interests in their states and localities and things, and they all have the different graft that they want to put in their own pockets. And so they go to this guy who's this close to getting this position that he has craved for God knows how long. And they say, okay, you really want this? Uh, okay, let's make this deal. 
And he's like, look, I've got 200 and something voters. Just just get on board so we can keep attacking the Democrats and stalling anything Biden wants to do forever. Um, and they're like, no, no, no. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. So what happens? Deal, deal. I don't know why they kept bringing it to votes. I don't know why they couldn't have just said, you know, this is going to take a little more time than we thought. <laughs> instead, instead of rushing back every three hours back to the chamber and that poor woman having to go, Smith, Smolensky, Smagiggle. It was like, Ugh. but, you know, eventually they worked it out. And as, as insane as the last few days have been, it's all going to be forgotten in a week. I mean, there'll be a ton of hard feelings and a ton of, but at the same time, that's politics. It really is backroom politics. I can't understand it. I wish, you know, Matt Taibbi were covering that even more than the whole Elon Musk Twitter thing. But it's like, they grappled, they tussled. In, in one instance, apparently there was even almost some physicality going on. And then they kind of like, okay, you know, I'll do this for you. You do this for me. Handshake, F you, F you, politics. Okay, I have one more vote. That's democracy that, or, or, or a republic, if you will. That's the way it works. And eventually, after all this, they get together. It's what should happen in PTAs and in local politics. And maybe may not so protracted. And maybe on certain things, people should be more together in the first place. And it would be nice if the Republican didn't have a fraction or, or excuse me, a faction, a fractional faction of it. That was nuts. And that was, you know, so far like, let's make this into a Christian anti-abortion country. Go ahead. But Literally. Um, so, you know, I, I get that it was the whole thing felt silly and the Democrats are just sitting there licking their chops going, yeah, we got Jeffries. We're uh, our ducks have been in order since uh, day one. You know, we, we know what we're doing and we did pretty well in those midterms, didn't we? <laughs> you know, watch out. Don't get complacent, Democrats. You know, luckily we, you know, we didn't lose both the House and Senate. So we've got some level still of control in politics and we have a, a democratic president. So on some level, we're in half decent shape. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm just, it, it was kind of fun watching the political spectrum this past week and seeing that, uh, all right, we'll see where, where things go. And, and it just, it boggled my mind when the far right people we're starting to make fun of, of all people, John Boehner and Mitch McConnell, and saying, oh, they were rhinos, right? They weren't, they weren't really Republicans. They were too helpful to the Democrats. They voted for the budget things. They did this, they did that. They said, oh, they're, oh, well, not another McConnell. Yeah, yeah. There's a cardinal at the bird feeder. Look. Oh, hold on. Look, Is it a male? Yes, card? yes. Look, look, look. Oh, excuse me. Oh. Oh, look at him. He's super red, yeah. There, there's, there's a beautiful bird by our, we, we have to tell the bird feeder story, of course. But, oh, well, look at him. The birds are back, see? Yeah, yeah, because the squirrels aren't, we'll, we'll, we'll tell the story in a moment. But it just, it, you know, for years, John Boehner was my bête noire. Hate McConnell because all they did was try to block everything, either Obama or, or now Biden wanted to do. That was their whole, they didn't have any plan or anything. It was just like, don't let them do this. Don't let them spend on that. Don't let them change this. Don't let them do the college that. And it's like, that, that was their purpose in life, 
to make life miserable for Democrats, not to make life better for, for everybody or for America, but to hurt Democrats. And they did it. They did it perfectly well. And now Republicans certainly are saying, oh, they were they were just they caved in too often. They actually saw that roads and bridges were falling apart and they're saying, no, I think we'll throw some money to the Democrats. And I'm like, how could you? Uh, anyway, let's tell the bird the bird story because we actually, oh, can I show this one? This is brilliant. This is brilliant. They sideways. You can't see how bright he is, but he's facing backwards. Okay, this, this sort of, well, kind of hard to see, but um, that red um, blur. Well, yeah, we, well, then we have more birds in the closet. We didn't use it all. No. So we have a beautiful male cardinal uh, that has been munching on our bird feeder this morning, along with a, another, a bunch of other small birds, which is a, a wonderful thing because... So we, we, we bought this house literally uh, five months ago. I keep saying literally today, but five months ago, we moved in, moved from New York to this lovely part of Northern Maryland and have this very nice house with a, especially in the summer, this gorgeous backyard. And what was lovely is that the people who sold us the house left all these little bird houses where they make their nests. And there was a hummingbird feeder. I told the story of that. And there's a bird feeder over on, on this side. And you know, we love animals. We love to look at the nature. I love, we saw a bunny this morning. First bunny I've seen in about three weeks. I uh, haven't seen deer in the last couple of weeks, except I was walking out in the yard yesterday and there's just like two separate piles of nugget poo from from deer. So they've been here. They just haven't been around when I've been looking. But um, but birds are the best of all. So we have this bird feeder and it's this lovely thing. It's on this big pole and this old brass. It almost looks like an art deco thing from the 1920s. And they, and they left it. They, you know, they left it for us. It's lovely. And we fill it with bird seed, the cheapest uh, like you know, Big Lots birds. I've done two commercials for Big Lots today already. This Big Lots bird seed, and they go in, and, and the birds have just been enjoying it and, and stuff like that. Well, and there's deer poop near it, so I wonder if the deer try to open. Oh, look. Well, what, more more birds. There's a bird sitting right there, but I wonder if the deer opened up the the tape. You I think it was? That. Oh no, you've got. They're not that tall. Yes, they are. Oh boy. And you think they're getting into it again? I no, the deer. I wonder. <laughs> the birds, the squirrels know there's a bird sitting there and they're eating from it, but we need to fill it up. Yeah. Well, I hope they didn't damage the tank. Well, we into the, here's the deal. Let's let's tell the, oh. the story. We um, so we love this bird feeder. We love seeing the birds. And the last couple of days in Maryland, for whatever reason, since the New Year, uh, it's felt like spring. The temperatures have been in the 50s and 60s. It was beautiful, sunshiny. So a lot of rain too, but sunshine as well. So this gorgeous, perfect weather for animals to come out and do their thing. I mean, you know, it's not like animals check into a hotel when it goes below 40 degrees. They're still there. They're just, we just don't see them much. And we're noticing, though, that squirrels are getting really active in and around the bird feeder. And they're, now that squirrels realize there's food in there. And who knew that squirrels like bird seed? I know what squirrels like. I figure they munch what rabbits eat, like grass or... What do squirrels... I, I don't know if they're... Um, meat eaters, like they look for mice and things, but apparently they do like birdseed. So they want to figure out a way, squirrels are not dumb creatures, how to get the birdseed out of this high bird feeder. How? So we see them 
because the feeder is amongst bushes that we have over on the side of the house. And so they're climbing on the branches of the bushes and they're trying to, and, and this took them a while to leap from the bushes onto this pole that the feeder's on. They, they can't just climb up the pole. Mm -hmm. They don't have the, the close of dexterity for That's that. That's why too, they made it that way, I think. Well, yeah, it makes total sense. But the problem is the branches are close enough to the feeder that they can leap, they figured out, how to leap from the branches onto like the area of the pole where the feeder is and it's got curvature and they can hang. Uh, so they figured that out. And I'm like, okay, fine, squirrel. You've earned a reward. You want to took, 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 took your face where the birds go and get a little feed for yourself. That's okay, because when he does that, a little feed also falls out the other side of the bird feeder, and birds can get it on the ground, and another squirrel like can get it. I like to just dump everything out and put new seed in it, but I don't know, maybe in the garden, you bring a garbage bag and go. Well, you can throw the seed all over the, the, the seed. Yeah. But, um, so, I'm thinking, okay. Okay, squirrel. You win. But the squirrels had a good thing going. And like humans, they became gluttonous. You know, it wasn't enough like, oh, I can go up in the bird feeder, have a little snack. Do, 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 do. No, they want to commandeer now this thing full of food for them. And it's not like they're storing stuff for the winter. It is winter, okay? They should have been doing this in, in like October. But yeah, and now they get on the feeder. And we noticed that first, a couple of days ago, they were trying to lift the top, this bronze top, off or you know, bronze coated top off the feet like on with his head his teeth and trying to basically put his whole head into the feet but they couldn't do that because the top was well made enough that it just kind of clunked on his head and he couldn't you know there's no way he could physically get himself like into the feeder tube itself so they stopped doing that but they're still crawling all over the thing and they're trying to get to the spouts. But instead of just like hanging and getting the spout like this and getting a seed or two, they're on there and tapping and crawling and, and like trying to push in and hanging upside down to get the feed until the point when we noticed a day ago that they managed to smash. The, was it glass or plastic? It's plastic. It's but plastic. They yeah. didn't smash. They used their teeth. You know, like little mice can shoot through stuff. Yeah. They, they gnawed. Yeah, they gnawed, yeah. They gnawed through the plastic of the feeder and created a giant hole. So I was wondering, how the hell, what is he doing on there? And what they're doing is sticking their whole face <laughs> into a pile of bird seed yes. and just going to town. And anyway, so we're wondering how the hell does a bird, you know, birds are tiny creatures around here. Yes. Um, you know, we don't see the ravens and, uh, or, or the jets. We, we don't see the big giant ostriches coming for food. We get finches and cardinals and the occasional blue jay and mostly robins and doves, little, little sparrow things come and duk, duk, duk. And, and, and that's what we want to see. That's what we want. Suddenly, the bird feeder in a day goes from three quarters full to less than half. I mean, oh, yeah. what is he? And it's the squirrels packing it away, destroying our beautiful bird feeder. And that's when we get <laughs> much too late. We get the idea, hey, maybe we need to move the feeder away from these branches so that the squirrels can't get to it, hopefully. So we, we were out there yesterday and just kind of pushing like bush branches away from this thing. 
because uh, you know we should try to pick it up and move it more towards the middle of the lawn, but we don't know how it's in there and if it's dug in or there's pylons and shit. So we're just like, okay, we'll keep it where it is, but we'll move the stuff away from it. And so far, it seems to be working. Uh, we, we taped over the, um, the offending, the broken part of the feeder because the other half is still okay. And so we purposely used um, clear packing tape. We didn't use masking tape or, or any of the others because it's like we, we want the birds to know that there's still seed in there. We want to be able to, be able to see through the window of this cello tape that, oh, yeah, there's still birds sitting in there. We're welcome. Um, so we, we taped that over. And we've been looking now, and the birds are still digging it, and we we just saw there's a red cardinal there, and all these other little birds. And so far, so far, the squirrels have not figured out a way. <laughs> However, I don't know if you know this, but squirrels, uh, squirrels are getting very, very masterful at using drones. Really? Did you know this? Of course. They're, they're, they get it from... Um, not Land's End. What's that catalog you get in the uh, oh, sharper image? Sharper image. Uh, squirrels, they save up. They get in the sharper image catalog. And they get the cheap drones. They don't get the, the, the really expensive ones. Just enough where they can get on top of it, fly it over, and boom. So it's only a matter of time before the squirrel oh, drones... I think the squirrels are good. Wing are good. I think that, you know, I really think that there must be some kind of food shortage, and that's why they're doing it. And so... I hope, I mean, I could go out and look, but I'd like to, I hope the tape holds and I hope that the, um, the I, I mean, the seat is down low. I, I would like to put, I wonder if deer got in it because. You think deer yeah. would go tap, tap, yes, tap and break it? It's very low and the tape looks, I can't see if the tape is jungly. I wonder if somebody knocked in the tape. Oh, well, you know, maybe it could also be like the thing with McCarthy and the Republicans yesterday, the deer made a deal with the squirrels no, and no, they negotiated. No, no, but I wonder because if the tape is all pushy, maybe the squirrel tried to push the tape. Maybe they did try it. Well, that means or the squirrel got up on it if again. If they chewed through it, I don't know. Because when deer would come over the summer, they would go sort of in that area, but they weren't eating, they weren't going to the feeder and they weren't eating the seed, they weren't eating the bushes. As of now, of course, the bushes are bare because it's, um, and, and you I know, I, they, I do I like a bare bush. They, I wonder if they push the tape. Well, we'll find out. When, when the show's over, we'll go out there and um, we'll take a look. Yeah, we have to get some squirrel deterrent. I don't know what deters the squirrel. Uh, what does deter a squirrel? Police person you know, saying, hey, squirrels, out of here. You know, that, that, would, that would sort of work. I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> the pee-pee of somebody, somebody's pee-pee. Oh, like well, I, you know, I pee out there all the time. Maybe you should do that. Yeah. But that might be attracting... The squirrels. It could be. It could. It could. Anyway, it's almost 9.30 in the morning. Oh, just really about time to bring our guest into the neighborhood with the great, the one, the only, the Jewish Rabbi Saul Solomon. Uh, he will be talking to a speaker, an educator, and um, an educated person. She actually has a, a psych degree. But she is an expert at getting people ready to give speeches, to do TED Talks, to have you know important um, business meetings where they've got to get up and make the speech of their lives or their careers. She's been doing it for, as I said, like 30-something years. Rabbi Saul will be speaking to her. So let's get on his music and let's bring into the neighborhood 
Risa Wolf with Rabbi Saul Solomon. Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. Shalom, my friends. Shalom. Wait, wait, please. Uh, if you're going to speak, we need to, to unmute. Shalom to you in the neighborhood, Risa Wolf. How are you? So fine. It's really great to be with you. Uh, that's what you think. But no, it's, it's wonderful to be with you. We are here. Let me tell you just a little bit about Risa Wolf. She has spent 33 or more than that years coaching people on how to speak in public, how to get over stage fright, how to make the speeches of their lives and do TED Talks. Uh, she she grooms people, but in a good way, not in the, the Harvey Weinstein and the, the other Epstein. Way. No, it's a different kind of grooming. And she has a new book out. It's called Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear. So won't you please tell us about the book and tell us about what you do. Risa Wolf, shalom. I'm really, really happy to be here. You help so many people. I have for years eliminated stop people's public speaking fear. I trained TED Talk speakers. I For 20 years, I coached Fortune 500 people, and that's just what I do. And I notice currently around the world, good people are not speaking up. And I thought, all right, it's time to write a second book. And this time, about overcoming public speaking fear, but I put it in a very simple format because people who are afraid of public speaking, unlike you, who would, you, you always have probably gotten up and been able to speak, when people like you look at my book, they go, yeah. But when people who are afraid of public speaking look at the book, they go, oh, I didn't know this. Oh, that, oh boy, does this relieve me. And I get all kinds of feedback of this changed my life. I've had a lifetime of speaking fear this clarified it. What, what is one example of, of a, advice that Mr. Bear gives that says, oh, what are you worried about this? Nah, don't worry, just do this. Mm -hmm. What's an example? There are about three top things that cause people to have so much anxiety. First, just everyone, you need to know that when you feel physical symptoms, you're scared, your hands are shaking, your voice is shaking, that comes second after thoughts. And one of the first thoughts is, if I make a mistake, they're going to think I'm incompetent, that I don't belong here. That <laughs> happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's my point. People like us know that, oh, you make a mistake, you fix it and keep going. People who are fearful need to hear this. When you're with your friends and you say, we're going to meet on Thursday, no, no, Wednesday, and you keep talking, or let's meet at three o'clock. No, no, let's meet at 2.30. And then you keep talking. That's a mistake. And you keep talking. Do that in front of everyone. because. 
it's exactly the same. They're just a bunch of people there who will react the same as your friends. So rather than I, being- I remember I was, uh, yeah. I remember I was giving a speech at the, the Bengay Brith and they say, oh, about all oh, those 2 million Jews who were killed in the, oh, 6 million, sorry. <clears throat> I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I think that tops it as- I lost the crowd a little bit, a little, but yes. Yeah. That's the funniest joke I've heard maybe all this year. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a short year. But all right. So, so, that, is, so that is true. It's sort of like just you make an oopsie. It's an oopsie. Keep, keep, of course you keep going. Do you ever, let me ask you before we get to some of the other things from the Bear book. Um, and I do like Bear books. Do you also coach, have you done the actor thing because of like stage fright? It's similar. It's exactly um, the same. Yeah. It's 100% the same as you have some trash in your head. Most people say, how come I can speak so well one-to-one -one or to a couple of people, but I get so crazy in front of others because they have a myth that speaking to a group is different. So here's the suggestion for all of the people listening. When you're speaking in front of a large group, if you're comfortable one-to-one -one or one-to-three, look in the group, if you're in person, at one-to-three people and blot out everyone else and only talk to them and keep saying, I know I'm good one-to-one, -one. let me just do what I always do, because you know you're good. Then find another small group and speak to them. The truth is, is that, let's say you were talking to one person and five more people came in, there's still a bunch of ones. The whole room of a thousand people are just ones. When you speak to one, everyone will hear you better. That, that is actually very sad. <clears throat> I personally would love a one-to-three situation, but my wife won't go for it. I, it's just, I that's a little comedy right there. Do you, now, my thing is, uh, I always heard, and, and this is like 60-year-old Toastmaster General stuff, but open with a joke. Now, I usually make a Jeffrey Epstein rape joke, but but what can, <laughs> and, and it was funny, it was at the National Organization <laughs> for Women. Maybe, maybe not, but yeah, it didn't, didn't go over pretty well. And then, and then I topped it with a Helen Keller joke, and boy, oh boy, it, I didn't get them back. But... Do you open with a joke or is that, or what? <clears throat> Using humor is risky. You always want to open. So here's, here's the, the format. First, write your talk, right? Who am I talking to? What do I want them to do? And write the middle, the body of the talk. The close is already what you wrote, what I want them to do. The opener is just a statement, perhaps saying, today I'm going to talk about so-and-so and so, or like a one sentence opener, and it can be a story, an example, it's just a statement. It can be a joke, but jokes are risky. First, try out your joke with other people beforehand. If they laugh, that's first of all, don't say I'm thinking of trying this for a speech. Just say, just say the thing, see if they laugh and say, I'm thinking of using that as the opener for this talk. The reason that I don't recommend, I mean, it's like the last thing I recommend is opening with a joke, is that people open with a joke and then they talk about this whole other topic, nah. You have to write your talk first and then decide, how can I open it so it'll pull people in and introduce my topic? Now, what happens, I, uh, the producer of this program, Dave, uh, he, he teaches uh, English at university stuff, and he's, he's part-time, there's nothing to be impressed about. You have a PhD, he does not. But here's the deal, he knows there are times when he's, he's on a topic and he knows he's boring the crap out of people. He knows his stuff, uh, it's, it's not like he, well, he is an idiot, but it's not like he's a complete idiot. So he's doing it and he, he, he literally, while he's standing there knows, I've lost them, I have to get through this material. I know what I'm talking about, but I'm, uh, 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 how, do you, how do you stop that? There are two antidotes. The first is, how do you make boring stuff interesting? Look through, if you talk 
a lot of people say the same thing all the time, you know, to different groups. Think of the boring part and think, how can I explain this by introducing it with an example or a story or a quotation first? And then speak only like on an eighth grade level. If you watch television, everything's on an eighth grade level. Don't be sophisticated and smart. And also just give them what they need to know. So that's the first thing is making it less boring. By the way, there's no problem in, in Dave being sophisticated and smart. That has never <laughs> happened, will never happen. Just so he's, he's fine on that one. That was an easy, that's easy. That's no problem. Yes. And yeah, but the second thing is when you notice people that you've lost people, the mistake people make is they go, oh, I guess they didn't understand it. And they repeat the same boring stuff. So right away, as soon as you have a thought, oh, I think I'm missing something. I think I'm losing them. Stop and ask a question. Hi, I'm going to stop here for just a second. And if you're on Zoom, look at the camera. But if I'm in person, hi, I'm going to stop here for a second. I want to be sure this is valuable to you. What questions do you have? And it, yeah. So you stop and, and check in and then they might say, well, you know, really, we came here for this, or you're telling us way too much. So you adjust, you're the chameleon, because the whole purpose of standing in front of people is you have ideas in your head that you want to put into their head. Do it in the way that works for their brain, not for yours. And, and there's no shame in not only not making a, a mistake or making a mistake, but there's also no shame in sort of doing a, a reboot or a recheck and saying, you know what, um, I want to make sure you're, we're all on board here. Is this going a little, let's do, you know, oh, I'll keep going, all right, or I'll pivot. That's it. You just know. adjust. So yeah. the people know, you know, you, you stated why, why they should come and listen to you. So make sure in your writing that you get to the point right away. And you can, if, if people have said to you repeatedly, get to the point or what's the punchline here it means you need to edit your stuff out and my suggestion is find a friend who you admire how that person is succinct and concise ask them to teach you or actually mr bear speaks without fear addresses exactly that it has 45 tips on how to overcoming overcome speaking fear and most importantly it teaches you how to be an excellent public speaker most people who are fearful really never learned how to do it can I ask, have you ever yourself given a TED Talk? Have you done TED Talks on things? Or I have coached people in TED Talks. My experience is this. I've trained people for 20 years, Fortune 500 people in public speaking. And I thought, gee, I'm so good at this seminar stuff. I'm going to be a keynote speaker. I did that. But this is what I noticed. I have an even better skill that I even like more than speaking on stages. And that is I can make anyone in the room able to speak on stages so that's what i do full time and that's what i teach in the book so can anyone, I, anyone reading this book will end up being a confident public speaker that is a sure thing well let me let me ask you what is the greatest speech that you ever saw <clears throat> it could be either a ted talk or it could be a president or it could be yeah any anything that was like whoa I would say to watch TED Talks, and here's why. You notice how TED Talks, they're usually, they were 18 minutes, now they're down to 11 minutes, they've adjusted. Do you notice that you watch the whole thing and you're not bored? Find TED Talk speakers, so I, I know who I like, but I want the people listening and watching. Find TED Talk speakers that you like and outline first, their talk. So you see how minimal and how on point they are. They don't ramble off on tangents or they don't, no, they don't go off. Secondly, they use their voice in an interesting way. They act out the meaning 
And the last thing is their body language matches what they're saying. All those things contribute. So find some TED Talk speakers that you like and pretend you are them when you're speaking at work. I love this idea that body language is a very important thing when you're talking. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's distracting and they shouldn't do this. It, 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 you know, you want to hear what the person's saying. <laughs> yes. And that just made me lose my next question. What the hell was I going to ask you? Oh, how much, how much rehearsal? I mean, you don't want to memorize, or maybe you do, but no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Uh -uh. No, please. So how much is like a real good amount of, you know, you know what you're saying, you've got it all mapped out. How many times should you do it to get mm -hmm. it? First of all, make sure that you bring notes in. A big mistake that, that people who are fearful is they don't come in with notes. They go, oh, I know what I'm going to say. And every time they speak in front of others, when all eyes are on them, they're giving impromptu and spontaneous speeches. Even five minutes before you show up, take a sticky, put a few bullets on it. If you're on Zoom, take the sticky and paste it next to the camera and you look brilliant. If you're in person, just put it in front of you or use speaker's notes, but don't write out your notes. That's like saying, I think I'll make sure that I lose my place when I'm speaking to people. So really keep it like bullet, uh, what do they call talking point kind of. Can I, can I ask, what is on that sticky you just showed? Because you got ready for this. What's on there? What did you literally write on your sticky? Oh, I wrote nothing. This this is to call my doctor. <laughs> I didn't write notes for this. I've been I'm a huge expert in public speaking. Pretty much whatever you ask me, I'm going to so, be able to tell you. <laughs> listen, we're two Jews talking. Oh, what, what are you calling your doctor about? What are you okay? Is everything all right? <laughs> but I do want to say that there are times that, like just about two months ago, I had to call someone and introduce myself. And it was someone important. I didn't want to wing it. And even though that is second nature to me, I put bullets when I called that person. Don't be foolish. Don't depend on memory. Oh, and as far as memorization goes, write a short opener and a short close. I only memorize the opener and close so I can make eye contact during that. For the rest of the time, look at your bullet, give that information. Look at the next bullet, give that information. That's how you become a good speaker. We're talking, by the way, with Risa Wolf, who is quite obviously a very good speaker. Gotta ask, gotta, because of the name, any relation at all, even distantly, to Leonard or Virginia Wolf, or do you know? Or uh, well, I think that they could be distant relatives, but mostly that wasn't our name forever. Oh, was it Wolfowitz back in the? It was, it was Wolfowitz from like Lithuania. I asked my uncle once, was our family from Latvia or Lithuania? He said, you know, they kept changing the borders. <laughs> it, it, not a joke. Now, uh, Dave, the producer of this program, was it Russia one day? Was it Poland the other day? Russia That's it. somewhere? It's like, what the hell? So it's either it. for you, Lithia, uh, Lithia. Uh, Lithuania, Lithuania or Latvia. Latvia. One of the, one yeah. So can I tell you one? What can I tell you? Since this is an unusual podcast, can I tell you one story about my family in the old days? Yes, in the old country, uh, their their grandfather uh, lived, you know, in the little shtetl, and he spoke German. And the prince of the area would send his his uh, carriage, pick up the grandfather, take him to the castle. He taught their daughters German, and on Friday they'd bring him back. And one time he was at the door of the castle, you know, the back door and, the, and you know, they opened the door and they and they started to beat him. And, and she says, no, no, that's our Jew. 
That's our Jew. I love because I was gonna say, were they more gentle with the family during the pogroms? Or like, yeah, there's a reason why I have some uh blood in me that is not that is not fully ours. Mm -hmm. oh, what whoa, oh huh? Okay. Wait. Pogroms. No, I oh, oh I didn't realize the pogroms were not just they were oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I when I when I was in Russia, this woman looked at me and she said, Polska? And I thought, yeah, I look Polish, but because it, it's not because I'm Jewish, that's for sure. Well, no, no, Dave was in Russia many, many years ago, and he walked down mm -hmm. the streets of, of St. Petersburg, and people, and people would start talking Russian to him. And I said, oh, I'm said, oh, Wow, that is really cool. But the point is, is in fact, let's bring up, as long as we're going to do an odd bridge here, people who speak English as a second language. Now, my grandparents were immigrants. I hope somebody was nice to them. Here's the 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 biggest thing that people can do when they speak English as a second language. If anyone has said to you in the last six months, pardon me, what did you say? Would you, would you speak slower? Would you speak louder? Speak loud, but speak slowly. And the most important thing is to say each word completely. Many people, when they come from other towns, talk like I do. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. And in Baltimore, we never say any final consonant. We just talk like this. And when I was 12 years old, these kids came down from another city that belonged in a club and I and they spoke differently. And I went, oh, you can choose how you speak. So many people who are fluent in English don't realize that it's the clear articulation that makes people interested. People don't mind your accent when it's charming. They just don't want it when it's distracting. And you can fix that like in one second. Now, let me you mentioned Maryland because this show is now coming from lovely Maryland, you um, went to, you weren't raised here, but you were uh, went to the university there. I, I went to Forest Park High School and I graduated from University of Maryland as one of the out, outstanding college senior leaders. I was a big leader in college. Well, what does that even mean? You were on debate teams? What does a leader in college mean? It means that I was a student leader. Like I was on, like there was the president of the fraternities, president of the sororities. I was the president of all the dorms. But you know what? Most of us women student leaders were speech therapy majors because it's true what they say. And that is they they we all should have gone to law school and business school. But that's just how it was. But anyway, it was a wonderful experience. I really just expanded my my interests about, oh, my heavens, life is interesting. Let me go to theater. Let me go to this. I really expanded. And then from there, I evolved into this. It turns out that my speech therapy background is now helpful because I would say a third of my clients are people who speak English as a second language and want to become, they want to move up and they're completely qualified, but they sense that their they accent is holding them back. Talk in, a, in an office meeting or a conference or that, that got, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's the one step that they need to make to be clear. And, but I, want to hear, I, I do want to hear a little bit more about growing up in Maryland, what it was like back then? What were the university uh -huh. was like back then? Any memories? Okay. So, right, so memories. yeah, I can tell you a lot of Maryland memories. And that is that I lived in the small community, our community, and it was very enmeshed. My father and uncle, actually most of my family were leaders in that community. So when I would meet anyone, they would say, oh, are you so-and-so's daughter? Or are you, how are, are you related to them? because they were active 
they were really significant people there. That's one of the reasons I had to move away. <laughs> I needed to have people just see me for me and not as someone's. someone's where are you based out of now? What, what state? Where are you? Oh, I live in Austin, Texas, but I lived in Honolulu and San Francisco. It's been a really exciting life. Wow. Do you have, uh, I'm, none of my business people don't want to say, but uh, married kids, any of that sort of uh, life stuff? You know, when I grew up, I had a wonderful aunt who really saw who I was way before I saw who I was. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to be an aunt. And in fact, not only am I an aunt to my nephews and their kids, but every kid that comes my way, I'm like the auntie mame for them. And it's been a very, very, very pleasing life. It was by choice and it was the right choice for me. Oh, it wasn't a click. So, so are you still... I mean, it's Austin, Texas, so it's Texas, so it is, but, but, but you know, there's some art and culture there, a little bit. So do you go to museums, theaters, things like this? Uh, what's life like in Austin these days? Well, Austin is the music capital, and it still has fabulous music. When I, when I came here and I went to the, the venue of Austin City Limits, I was like, oh my gosh, I've watched this for years, and here I am in the real place. Very, very exciting. I lived in New Jersey uh, before I moved here, oh, and I went so into Manhattan and went to Broadway a lot and went to theaters a lot. Plus, I traveled for, well, this was another thing that was interesting, that I, a choice that I made. When I was in college first year, I took a psychology course, and when they showed me Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and they talked about self-actualization, like actually looking at what are your favorite skills to do and your best skills, your most natural skills, and how can you make money from that? And I thought, well, that's a good idea. And I pretty much followed that path all my life. In fact, I am completely doing what I love right now. Uh, and so what I did was at that point when I graduated from college and I realized, oh, I like to travel. I thought, how can I travel the world and have someone else pay for it? So for 25 years, I was the top seminar leader at a the largest and the oldest management seminar company. And I traveled the world. I've been to the pyramids. I've been to Peru. I've been all over the U.S. Have you been to Israel? Say. Have you been to Israel? Oh, yeah. Israel. When oh. I went to Israel, I imagine other people have had this sensation. I was there for about a day and a half, and it dawned on me, everyone here is Jewish. I'm not kind of... I never realized how much I was aware of. I don't even know how to put it into words. All I know is there was a feeling that came over me to realize that I was safe and at home and wish with mishpucha. I ask people, I ask African-Americans, when you've gone back to where, you know, they've done their ancestor thing, when you've gone back to that town, how did it feel? And they had the same sensation. And then I say to them, so when you met your family members, did you look like them? Did, did you have a, and you know, often they say, yeah, I, I really look like I belong. I, I, so I, I, this feeling that you're talking about, I had it at a Walmart in Weehawken, New Jersey. I don't know why. Um, I was, <laughs> it was in the appliance thing. And you know, there were a couple of Jews there. And we realized we're looking at tools. And then I look at them and look at, we're Jews, we don't use tools, we don't know how to do this. And it was just this moment of like, ah, oh, I'm with Lanzmann. I know yeah. my people, but oh yeah. my, so, so in your travel, I love hearing stories about world travel. Do you have any amazing, fun, funny, 
or like, whoa, anecdotes about not just Israel, but wherever you've been. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites was I was in Russia um, early, early. It was when it had just transferred over. And um, what was the guy with the thing on his head? Gorbachev, he just died. Gorbachev. So Gorbachev, I think, had just come in. But there was a lot, that whole White House, it was a lot of things happening and no one was traveling to Russia. I saw this ad for this stupidly cheap trip to Russia. I said, is this for real? I said, yeah, we have to do it. The, the, the leader of our group had also been the translator and the leader for the last president of the United States. So I went, I guess I'm getting a pretty good tour here. But the point of the story is when I went to the, the Kremlin Museum and I saw Fabergé eggs for the first time, I thought, First of all, my nose was against it and the next leader pushed me away. But I thought, you know, I think there are about 52, 53 Fabergé eggs. I think I'll make it a quest to see all of them. And so when I, so this ties into my work. So for example, when I would take a gig in, um, in Virginia, there was a museum in Virginia that had four Fabergé eggs. So I continued to go there I like teaching the class too, but I went the day before and visited those Fabergé eggs. Baltimore, at the Walters, they have two Fabergé eggs. I didn't even know. Oh my gosh. That's like almost oh. like an omelet. This is, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you are so funny. Go I, on. <laughs> but but how, how many of the 23 or however many you say, have you seen? Oh, I've seen most of them because one time I was in Cleveland working and at their museum why did i take the gig because the museum had a gathering of as many fabergé eggs even from private collections and so i saw the remainder of them i i checked off almost everyone that was available and in fact i'm lucky because in manhattan they used to have at the forbes collection 10 eggs but now they're in russia so i had seen i used to visit those a lot so uh, this is how i've lived my life i go Oh, that looks interesting. And then I pursue that. Or that looks like fun. I'd like to learn that. And I'd sign up for that class. I've done that hundreds of times. I've got to tell you, for, for our 10th anniversary, I gave my dear wife, Miriam Libby, a vibrating Fabergé egg. She, it, it, it worked for a while. It was, uh, she, she enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Variations on the theme. Basically, yes. Basically, that's what I do. Now, I want to remind people, though, that we're talking with Risa Wolf. You can get her book, Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear, and all the usual places you can get books. Or from her, oh, I had it down somewhere, your website. With... Well, they can just go to Amazon. Just go to Amazon. Well, confidentspeaking.com is also your thing if they want to hire you as a coach. Confidentspeaking.com. Because you also have another book, and it's called um, Executive Speaking in a weekend so uh, that was an earlier book yes mm -hmm. i wrote that 10 years ago and the reason i wrote in a weekend is that i work really fast with people and i wrote this in the same way it's condensed short get to the point i there's just no fluff in any of my books but the one that really embody takes all of that book and expands it i know that so so i wrote mr bear in in a parable kind of like you know who moved my cheese but I don't like to learn things from reading a story. It's just not my style. So what I did was I wrote the story, but after in every chapter, I wrote summary and it has bullet points, which is the way I like to learn. But I even separated out Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear and every speaking tip to overcome fear of public speaking is separate. And as I said, there are 45 tips. When someone reads this book, they will one, 
become a much better public speaker and have a better career, but also they won't hesitate to raise their hand at a meeting. They won't hesitate to raise their hand at, a, at an event. Speaking of speaking, I also want to ask you, <clears throat> do you have any guidance or suggestions? Because most people, when they're giving speeches now, maybe not a TED Talk, they're also dealing with slides or PowerPoint or a keynote. This is a program that does these things. Do you have any good suggestions for speakers in using PowerPoint slides? Mm -hmm. I like PowerPoint slides to not have your script written out. When I show up and someone has their whole talk on the screen, even in bullets, but they have full sentences, I think, why am I here? Just send me your PowerPoint. Instead, I suggest that your screens have just the concept and then you're going to talk about it. You're going to give the bullets underneath it, or you could have the bullets build one at a time. The point is you want to first write your talk and make it really great. Add in the little stories and examples and things like that, that kind of make it rich. Add the voice, add the body language. After all of that, think, you know, people learn better with PowerPoint. It's only then when the talk stands on its own already that you add screens and the screens to just have the point you're talking about, just like a bullet and a couple of words, and then the attention goes back to you. This makes sense. Now we've been paying attention to Risa Wolf. Please, please, please get her books. It's Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear and, <clears throat> and also executive speaking in a weekend. I don't know what to say. What do you do? What no, do you no, no, no. That the sec the first book isn't even available anymore. It's Mr. Oh. Bear Speaks Without Fear: The Easiest Way to Learn the Hardest Subject, Public Speaking. Wow, the easiest way to learn the hard. Well, you certainly make it seem easy, which is part of the point. And and just let me ask you: What uh, since we just came off New Year's, what are you hoping for for this year in terms of your life and your career? Going anywhere special, or just doing what you do, or maybe taking more me time? What? I kind of have a, a backwards life. I retired first. Wow. I pretty much first had my fun life and I took work that wouldn't impose itself on my fun. And it just happened that what I was good at was teaching and training. So I've done that pretty much since my 20s. And then it evolved into training public speaking. And I also traveled for 25 years. I traveled on someone else's dime for 25 years. I've done everything on my bucket list. So now- Everything? Everything. You tried the, the electric egg? You, you, <laughs> <laughs> and, I didn't no. know about that. <laughs> oh, really? what I'm doing now, you, you've skydove, you've-, uh, you've That wasn't on my bucket list. So what, my, bu my bucket list was to see the, the Fabergé eggs. My bucket list was to go the places that I wanted to go. And I've met fabulous, interesting people. But what I wanted to say, because you said, what are my New Year's goals? This is what I noticed. Because when you, I looked at the world events and I went, good people are not speaking up because there's more good people than the goofballs who are currently taking over, you know, kind of like the Renaissance. And then there's the Dark Ages, Renaissance, Dark Ages. So I see that we're kind of falling from grace. And so I thought, I know how to help those people who are fearful around the world speak well. This book will be in Spanish uh, and various languages. My goal is that this is, becomes a worldwide resource for people and that good people around the world are able to find and use their voice. That is why I wrote the book. 
and and by the way, not so good people like me. But but I, I do love, and, and I've got to bring uh, Dave back in here to do the quiz, and then we have, have some guests coming in. So you're staying. I'm on. Yes. But but here's uh, I don't know if you saw Bill Maher a few weeks ago, where he said uh, Bill Maher, the the guy from. Oh no, I watch him all the time. Right. So he had um, this thing just after the midterm elections, where he said, you know, this was a reminder that America can still be kind of normal. It's not the, the crazy 10% on the left and not the crazy 10%. There's like 80% that just, we don't hear from them. And he had this marvelous metaphor of, you know, it's like we're letting the crying baby fly the plane. Yes. Oh, yes, completely. And that, that all of that, all of that ties into when I got the inspiration for, I know how to help those quiet people speak up. That is literally what got me. Who would write a book if they didn't? an urge and an mission. Trust me, it's real hard to write a book, especially to write a book that is precise. I know how to do it. And I wrote it in a way that works for the dyslexic mind, the ESL, English as a second language, and to anyone who admires other speakers and think, gee, I wish I could speak like that. This book will help you do that. It's a guaranteed sure thing. If you read, if you do this book, you will be confident public speaker and you will really be able to capture and hold attention. And I've got to say in my synagogue, we even have a special book for the dyslexic people. Uh, instead of the Torah, you know, we have a Horat. So it, 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 it's very helpful to them. And they read it. They start from the middle, they go left, they go right. It, it works. It works. We have been talking with Risa Wolf here in the neighborhood with me, Rabbi Sal Solomon. I want to wish you a most Shana Tova Tikatebu. I don't know what the last word means, but Tikatebu double because you've just been wonderful. But as I said, you are staying. I am going. Dave is coming. Let's hear some delightful Hasidic music. No, that's not the thing I wanted to bring up. See, I made a mistake. I'm just continuing. This is how. Oh, you are. You are the role model for others. I am, goddammit. I wish the police would feel the same way. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go away. We've got the Today Yesterday quiz coming with Leslie Hoban Blake, Vicky Quaddy, and Risa Wolf. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the Jewish Rabbi Saul Solomon talking with our delightful friend of the neighborhood, Risa Wolf. And also joining us momentarily in the neighborhood is our great friend from Chicago. Um, of course, she is Vicky Quadi. Vicky is the co-creator of Late Night Catechism, which has been running, speaking of public speaking, for 20-something years. She's also doing, are you going back to um, 12th? Eighth grade nun, or are you doing Bible bingo? I, I am. I'm going to be doing Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun and Late Night Catechism. You know, we got the two running at the same time. In, at the Greenhouse in Chicago. Let me make an introduction then. This is Vicki Quaggy talking to Risa Wolf, who is an expert and coach in public speaking. I don't know if you were listening. Usually, I was listening a little bit, yes. Listening to the show. Do you have any questions uh, while we wait for Leslie um, to, for, for Risa, about, or suggestions, or vice versa? Oh, for public speaking. You know, it's really scary to get started, as you know. I my first public speaking, I was about I was an early teen, 13 or so. And my parents were involved in the American Legion. And they used to let the, the teens give a little 
introduction or, you know, a little something small. I, I remember that. I remember thinking, oh my God, keep your face up. Keep, keep your eyes up. You know, it was all that stuff, you know, don't look down, don't cover your face. Mm-hmm. All the basics, you know. Oh, please, uh, for, right. for years, nose picking. I was, uh, you know, I was like, I can't do that while I'm in the middle of, of giving a speech and stuff, especially the, the eating part, because that would turn off all the women in the audience. The men would be like, yeah, I, I get it, tastes great. But um, for, for me, yeah, anyway. It's <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> oh, sorry, she's out earlier. She's out there in Chicago. And actually, Austin, you're also, it's only what, nine? nine We're just, I'm now in the Chicago time zone. Oh, well, look, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stalling just a little bit because we're waiting and hoping for mm-hmm. Leslie Hoban Blake. She is a theater critic, former actress, and she's supposed to be with us audio only. She has been, oh. as she, she has been open about on the show. She's been battling for a month and a half shingles that has just. Been, oh, oh, I'm, oh, I feel so bad for her. Have you, have you ever, have either of, I've had, I had it when I was I a kid. Nothing. It was like, mm-hmm. what? Oh, no, I had shingles. How bad was it? I mean. Um, I actually, I was young. I was 34, something like that. Um, I had a, a, my son, David was, he'd be well for a week and sick for a week. And then he'd be well for like two weeks and then sick for two weeks. And my immune system just broke down. Um, and, uh, I woke up one morning and I realized I had what looked like a little pock on my nose, just one little pock. Mm -hmm. And what happened is it was inside my nose, down my throat. Oh, and, uh, I went to take a shower and I collapsed in the shower. Um, and uh, oh, what a story! Went to the emergency room and the doctor brought in all these all these medical students because they had not seen somebody my my age being so young with shingles. And you were pock marked at that point. So, yeah. one, one little pock, which did not stay. Well, I think, oh man, because I had you know I just had lovely things to talk about on a, a Saturday morning, but. <laughs> I just had some little like burny bumps under my armpit and it was kind of hurt to move my arm and we put some salve on it. It was like a week and a half. It was, it was uncomfortable as hell, but I, you know, it wasn't what you went through, thank God. And it wasn't what apparently Leslie's been dealing with. It can be bad. And the doctor said, oh, the good thing is it'll never come back once you have it on one it came back. It came back. It came back in your nose? It did, it did. Five years later, I had a very, very mild. I went to the doctor and said, I- I'm not feeling very good, and I have this. And he said, well, that's that shingles again. But So I did get it twice. Wow. Well, a very, and, very mild case. Have you ever had, I don't know why we're talking about that, but Marisa, have you ever had shingles or, or aluminum? No, no, early on, I, I uh, first of all, I had German measles, and also I... Um, I got the the vaccine, but I wanted to bring up something that Vicky said when she was 13 and she began speaking and she thought to herself, Ooh, I better look up. But just like now we have to look at the zoom camera and all of that. I'll tell you something else. If it's okay with you to add something else about people who fear public speaking, all humans on earth are nervous. The first five minutes when they begin speaking, I'm a very expensively paid keynote speaker at conventions. Dave, also, anyone who speaks, we're normally nervous the first five minutes. So what most of us do is we rehearse the first five minutes. So we imitate ourselves when we're confident. You know, after five minutes when you're confident, select copy, paste that, and just act that way. People who are fearful think in the first five minutes, oh, I'm anxious. I wish it would stop. And then they accelerate it. And they they don't realize, no, that's normal. And you can plan for it. 
I yeah. said, memorize the opener and then you look at your notes to deliver. Most people say after five minutes, I feel better and I can do it. But even if you don't, you never actually have to feel confident. You only have to yeah. look it. Well, you make it and, you, and you have to feel out your audience. That's the big thing. Oh, I've been arrested for that. Within yeah. the five or 10 minutes where your audience is with you. Are they with you? Are they laughing? Are they, are they, you know, are, are they an easygoing audience or are they sitting there like this, you know? Or as Roy yeah. says, are they drunk? Because you've been dealing with that, you know, over the holidays. You had some. Oh, I, yeah. I deal with drunks. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Vic, Vicky, how do you adjust when you see that the audience is? You have to adjust. You do. Um, when they're oh. not with you, you have to engage them even more. You have to get them to, to break. You have to break through to somebody to let the rest of them know, oh, this, I see, you know, I can, I can relax. I can enjoy this. So and then, yeah. eventually, have you ever had a show where it just never you couldn't wait for it to be over? And you, yes. no matter what the hell you did, yeah, yeah. Or you, you've had speeches. So I, I have to tell you that if anyone listening, if you give, let's say that you teach the same thing over and over, you're someone who orients people to your new product or something, you know, you, you do the same thing and you know where the jokes are, you know where you're, if you're going to get the last. The way to keep it fresh, first of all, is to help that person really get it and say that point the best you can. So it's not a rote thing. You know how sometimes people say, I'm so bored of my own stuff. Don't let it be boring. Have, have the intention of I'm here to help them. But the second thing is audiences react differently. Salespeople in the audience will fall over there and fall off their chairs laughing at you. Tech people love it equally, but there will be hardly any reaction. They're the ones who come up at the end and go, this was so great. We really needed to hear this. Look at him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we have we have an emergency squirrel break. Vicky, uh, you were listening earlier in the show. Look we apparently have a squirrel uh, that has managed to get onto our <laughs> broken bird feeder, even though we tried moving it away from the bird. Joyce is banging on the window. Joyce is my wife, by the way, uh, banging on the window to get this. Look at him. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Look at him. He, he's breaking the tape. <laughs> he's, he's chewing look at the him, tape. Look at him. Fuba. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had the persistence of squirrels, I will tell you. Oh, well, well, yeah, it, uh, there was a whole story this morning about a squirrels like commandeering in and breaking our bird feeder and are oh, trying yeah. to outwit them. But no, you can't. squirrels are, I, I made the comment yesterday to my wife, like, you know, after the nuclear holocaust, humans will be gone, squirrels and roaches, yeah, they'll figure out a way, they'll be there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have to tell you, you asked that question about, have you ever had an audience? Oh, I got hired just to do about 45 minutes of very light kind of fun entertainment uh, for a group of about 150 women executives. This was an executive and they just, they wanted a woman entertainer. They wanted some fun stuff. Okay. I, so they were all drinking at the bar and then they were like, okay, come on, come on, sit down. And they had like, they actually had it set up as, as theater seating in the next room. So it's nice. And I started and I realized that there were tables of women who were just talking to each other loudly, like I wasn't even there. It, yeah. After 15 minutes, 20 minutes even, I couldn't take it any longer. They just would not be quiet. I finally said, excuse me, if you would rather be drinking with your friends out at the bar, please leave right now. And about 40% of the audience got up and left. Oh. Oh my and the God. rest of them, 
that's fine. I didn't care. The rest of them, I said, now, would you guys all, you ladies all move up? Mm-hmm. And they all Good. moved up and I finished, I did about another half an hour and they loved it. Those people loved it. Of course. They, and they, they were loved just it. waiting for somebody to get the annoyances out of the room too. I mean, right. they were grateful to you or right. you know, if, yeah. if, if it hadn't been you, they might've gotten an usher or, or whatever they would have had there. They were so, just drunken. And those women were, they were drunken women who just wanted to go out and drink some more. Yeah. And, uh, and afterwards, when I was, because um, I had worn a different outfit to perform on stage, I was changing back to my casual, let's get out of here outfit. <laughs> and the women who booked me brought in the biggest glass of bourbon. <laughs> you, you might need this. And I said, <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but thank you. <laughs> but no, no, that's, that's pretty kind and pretty cool. No, but, <laughs> but you, you realize, because you, you have to make that, you have to kind of make that decision of like, do I stop the show and deal or do I kind of write, or maybe they will be quiet for a bit. Uh, and then, and after a while, and when you realize like, it's yeah. not happening. You know what, ladies, just leave. Yeah. You know, you're ruining it for the ones who want to be here. Exactly. You know, so, so. well, by the way, uh, Joyce, this, uh, we have an update. We have a squirrel update. There's a uh, bird feeder so, called, yeah. called Pesky Squirrel Be Gone. Bird feed. Is that the name of the bird feeder? It's called Pesky Pet Squirrel Stumper Bird, uh, bird Feeder. Squirrel Stumper Bird Feeder. This is this is going to work, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, wonderful stories. Great to have Risa Wolf and uh, Vicky Kwahi in the neighborhood. I have not heard back from Leslie. I've been texting and we've been waiting. But this is fun. The three well, of us are good. We can do, we're, we'll do the quiz, but we, we're going to reshape it for two people instead of three. And if Leslie comes, that'd be fantastic. If not, I appreciate your indulgence and we'll just do it uh, the way we'll do it. So, um, um, Risa, have you ever, have you watched an episode of the show? Do you know how the Today Yesterday quiz works? No, I don't. And I have a little trepidation having met you now. <laughs> you should, having met me, you should have tremendous trepidation. But here's the deal. It's not so... Not so terrible. What it is, it's a trivia quiz. We'll have six questions plus a tiebreaker. And each question is worth two points if you get it right. If you don't get it right, then your other contestant has the shot of stealing the question and getting those two points instead. But it's all in fun. There's no prizes, no nothing. And you kind of get to (laughs) Vicky. I just saw your picture there. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So... It, it's just all so people think aloud and sometimes they even accidentally almost give away the answer to the other person. It's all it's all just about the fun and the thought process of it. And don't even expect to get any points because some of the questions are so ridiculous. That's actually where I'm coming from. It's like, yeah. I don't think I'm going to know anything. But go but, on, go on, please. Oh, yeah, please. So the one thing I do need you to do kindly, Risa, since you're brand new in the neighborhood is could you kindly think of a number between one and six? And then tell me what it is. Four. Four. Risa with a big old four. And Vicky, what was uh, Two. Two. Vicky with a big old number two. And you know how painful those can be. I'm going to roll a die. Well, what I'm doing, Risa, is I'm rolling a digital die. So there just came up a number six. Okay. And we just had a one on this. This goes even longer when we have only two people. And another six. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. One, oh man, five, my favorite number. Yeah, yeah, get, get yourself a beverage. Two, okay, Vicky, <laughs> would you like to be first or second 
in the questioning. I'll go first. Vicky going first. That means, um, so Risa, would you like to go second? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, Risa will go second in our quiz. Vicky, are you right? Oh, and the deal is some, but not all of these questions have to do with things that happened in history on January 7th, whether it was uh, 10 years ago, 100 years ago, and so forth. And some have nothing to do with bagging all of some of our current events. So it's a whole mishmash in the today, yesterday quiz. Okay, Vicky, you, you, uh, you ready? I am ready. Here we go. The year was 1714. Henry Mill, an Englishman, patents his invention, the typewriter, though it will take 150 more years and other inventors to bring the actual machine to fruition. So which of these is false about typewriters? Okay. A, using standard QWERTY typing technique, the longest word you can type using alternating hands on every letter is skeptic. B, early designs on type of typewriter keys were modeled after piano keys. C, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer was the first novel submitted to a publisher via typewriter. Or D, using standard QWERTY typing technique. The longest word you can type using only your left hand is stewardesses. Oh, that's interesting. And one, and one is false. One of these is false. The other three are true. Hmm. I hate to ask you to do this. Could you do them one more time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I spent so long writing these damn things. I love having to read them again. Here we go. Um, so, yes. The, I've got a lot of chattering in my ear, so, you know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yes. well, those squirrels are nuts. Um, 1714, uh, the typewriter, or an early prototype, was patented right. today. Which right. of these is false about typewriters in general? A, using the QWERTY typing technique. The longest word you can type using alternating hands on every letter is skeptic. Or B, early designs of typewriter keys were modeled after piano keys. C, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer was the first novel submitted to a publisher via typewriter. Or D, using standard QWERTY typing technique, the longest word you can type using only your left hand is stewardesses. Hmm. Boy, those are good ones. Um, I'm going to do the first one. I'm going to say that's false. You're going to say that it is not true that, uh, what is it, skeptic is the longest word you can type on a typewriter where each letter alternate hands. Is that, uh, is that correct, Vicki? Yes. Probably, oh, Risa, you should just, it's probably wrong. <laughs> I have the, the magic music maker here. I have the ability to always get them wrong. <laughs> well, Vicky, you shouldn't be so skeptical because you have two points on the oh, board. Oh, look at that. He is correct. Apparently. That's because my friend is helping me. Well, guess what? The word that is even longer is skepticism. Oh. Skepticism is one, one, da, 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 da. But isn't it cool that stewardesses can just type just like this? Yeah, well, I, I, when you said that, I looked down and I thought, okay, but then you try to think, what else can you type? But yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so well and, done, Ricky. And the piano keys make sense because, you know. Why it not? Be... It goes boom, 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 touch the, yeah, yeah. So, um, well done, Ricky. But, but, Risa, hey, you know, just getting started. This is round one of 
the Today Yesterday quiz. I have not heard, still haven't heard back from Liz. So, Leslie, let, come on, Leslie. She, she usually gets there just in time to like scoop in, get, you know, come in, do the third slot and then win the game. But let's see. Let's see. Um, okay. <laughs> Risa, here's a different kind of question for you. This is called yes, Three Clues in the News. Three okay. Clues in the News. And the way this works is I'm going to give you three separate words that are not connected to each other. But each of those words is connected or can be connected to another word forming a, a typical phrase. They're all connected in some way. You have to figure out what word that we're looking for that each word is connected to. And that word has to do with something in the news over the past okay. week or so. I'll give you I'll give you an example that isn't really news related, but for just for an example, um, if you do spider shines pox, what word goes with all of those? So it could be blank word or word blanks. Spider shines pox. So you would think of like blank spider or spider blank, blank shines or blank. I'm not good at this kind of thing. I have dyslexia. Oh, you really give, don't? Give, give those questions to Ricky. I'll take the ones about typewriters. Um, so, no, it doesn't work like that. You, this is yours first. So, um, well, but that's uh, the word that okay, we're- Okay, let, uh, let's give it a shot. Yeah, well, the word we're looking for, for, for just the, the example, uh -huh. is, is monkey. Monkey shines, spider monkey, monkey pox. So all those three words connect to the word monkey. You know, so yeah, blank I, I understand, and it's a really good game. I have low expectations of myself, but please try. This is Lisa. We'll, well help what you. That, Leslie, what is that? I'm, I'm sorry, um, Ricky, what is that behind you? I can't make it's out. A, it's a woman wearing a squirrel hat. Oh. <laughs> ah, now I, I see. I thought my head might kind of fit in there a little bit. So it's me wearing a squirrel hat. Actually, it looked like Bjork on the cover of that album of hers, the homogenic thing. But um, all right, so here's here you go um, with low expectations. Here, but, but, I'm, I'm, I'm giving Joyce a, a, a fashion suggestion. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> um, Risa, your three clues are Gates, Duck, Play. Pigeon? Pigeon, is that your and something uh, in the news? Oh, something in the news. Gates, duck, clay, play, P L A Y. Yeah. Oh, play, play. I thought it was clay. All right. Duck, play. No idea. You know, when you have no idea, one thing that you can do is promote your book or your website instead and, and have that as your answer. So it kind of works its way into the people's brains. So are you are you saying that Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear, the easiest way to learn the hardest subject, public speaking, it guarantees that you will get over public speaking fear? Is that the book you were saying I should talk about? It might very well be. Yes, it's that one. And is that your final answer? It is. It's on Amazon and it's on Kindle. So by the way, it is the right answer for you, the wrong answer for the quiz. So Vicky Quaddy. Bill. Have the, uh, sorry? Bill. Oh, that's good. Duck Bill, Play Bill, and Bill Gates. 
Well, did you get it instantly, Vicky? Was it like what? Yeah. what did you, do? you said you said uh, Gates, and I went Bill, and then you went Doc, and I went Bill. <laughs> Sometimes you get it instantly. That's the thing. You either something about Congress. <laughs> Actually, no. It, it, the, the bill is thing it? is un unfortunate. It's about that uh, Buffalo Bill, Damar Hamlin. Oh, who was, oh the um, poor guy. But, but getting better. Do you think he'll ever play again? He, he can't even I play chess again. Once he's rehabbed, do you think? I, I, guess, I just think this is it. He's only 20-something, right? He's young. Yeah, well, he's a football player. You know, I'm sure his chest is concave at the moment, or, no, or whatever. Like the guys yeah, the yeah. I mean, he should actually have doctor supervision playing backgammon yeah. you know, when, when he's forty, and he'll have brain whatever trauma like all the football players will by his fifties yeah. anyway. So, yeah, no, he's made his millions. He'll be <laughs> he can re recover for years and years. Really, so scary. You can't imagine the family and everyone watching that. Oh, well, yeah. He, they, they said he was dead twice, that they brought him back on the field, and yeah. then they had to bring him back in the uh, in the emergency room once he got yeah, him back. But it wasn't pretty much this part. It was like the, the cardiac stop. No, when your brain dead, when your heart stops, you, you're dead. Is that true? Well, no, 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 he's uh, talking. He, they say that there's no neurological issues. Apparently, he's doing... For, I'll, for tell, you, I'll tell you one now. thing. I'll yeah. tell you one thing. He would be as good as me on these little quizzes. <laughs> I don't know that, Risa. I think he's a smart boy. Okay, I let's get to the next one. All right, all right. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Next up, now this question goes directly to Vicky Quaddy, um, who, by the way, has four points on the board, but that doesn't mean you're. you're that I mean, means you're nothing, sure. Risa. <laughs> Believe now, me. Risa. Okay. No, no, no. This goes to me. Vicky. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Vicky, this goes to you. Vicky, the year was 1894. Oh, when this hat was invented. Exactly, yes. Today in movie history, cameraman William L.K. Dixon of the Thomas Edison Company captures Fred Ott's sneeze for posterity. Which of these is false about sneezes? Okay. A, a human sneeze can travel up to 100 miles per hour. B, it is impossible to keep your eyes open when you sneeze. C, the Guinness World Record for the longest sneezing fit is 977 days. Or D, uh, what? It's a holy cow. Or, or D, it is a myth that bright sunlight has any effect on making you sneeze. Oh, all right. I'm going to um, say that uh, the myth is false. So you're saying that it is true that bright sunlight has some kind of... Well, it makes me sneeze. Mm. Mm. So is I'm only going by me. Yeah. So is that your final answer, though? Yes. Well, you know, Vicki, even though you're not, uh, Risa and I and Rabbi Saul Solomon are a Jew, because you do get those two... A Jew, a Jew, a Jew. Anyway, um... You get two points because that is, it really is a thing. That it is a thing. I, every morning when I was a kid, I'd wake up in the morning, go out to play and sneeze. Um, sounds like fun. Um, the deal is apparently some people, they call this photic sneezers or, and they, they actually call this A-C-H-O-O -O as an acronym, uh, autosomal cholinergic helio-ophthalmogic outburst reflex, ACHU. 
Um, scientists think it might be that the light causes your pupils to shrink, which somehow crosses with the muscles in your sinuses. And that's why it does the thing like, uh, you know, <clears throat> but it's a real thing, as you said, well done. And I thought I'd fool you, but no, Donna Griffiths sneezed more than a million times in the first year, which is about 2,700 times per day or 114 times per hour. Oh my God. And this continued what happened to her? from 1981 to September 16th. How could she eat? How, how could she How'd sleep? How could she do any sleep? I assume she slept a little bit and then, you know, once she woke up, and she had a lot more. It was like she slept wow. for an hour. Amazing. Amazing. Poor thing. Wow. And and the 16th of September 1983 was her first sneezeless day wow. after 977 days. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um better than vertigo. It, well, depend yeah, if you have vertigo for that, you would yeah. Yeah. But Joyce, did you see my fashion suggestion for you? Don't tell her what it is, though. Don't tell her. See if you can guess. Oh, see, when you move away from it, I can see it. I'm too busy watching the squirrel. Can you see what that is? It's a squirrel hat. I was going to say, it looks like my, my nemesis, yes. <laughs> Mr. Squirrel. Is he out there? No, he's gone. Shoot him. Good. I, I said the universal word of get, 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 get. I don't know where that came from, but it came out. Get, get, get. You know what? He doesn't like it. Tell him Granny's going to cook them in the in. Yeah, we'll kill grill. I'm, I'm down for it. Now, I live in Texas. That's not unknown. Oh. Have you ever tried? Any of you ever tried squirrel? It's Tastes like chicken. No. <laughs> no. No, because I had rabbit last week. And we just got yak meat that I'm going you know, oh, yeah. to. Yeah, I've eaten a lot of odd, because I used to have a, a, a unusual meat at my cookouts. I've eaten bear, lion. Oh, um, oh, oh yeah. I've eaten, I, I've eaten raccoon and uh, rabbit, of course, is nothing. Um, the rabbit. Do they have split hooves? No, just kidding. Okay, go on. I'm sorry, but I have to ask, what is bear? Oh, bear is tough. You have got to eat bear quickly because otherwise you might as well just put it in your shoe and wear it oh, wow. because uh, it gets very, uh, it, it gets tough, that, really that, tough right away. Does it taste like right, right when you finish cooking it and slice it? Mm, delicious. Oh, what's delicious? Yeah, but like after a tiny amount of time, it starts to dry up and then forget it. But what what kind of meat does it taste like when you get it fresh? Like you just cooked it, it's sizzling. It has a beefy, you know, flavor to it. And what about lion? Is lion more like fish? Lion's very mild, extremely mild. Oh, huh. I had so it's like eating a cat. Camel is is a uh, very very mild. I've not eaten cat or dog. Um, but, oh, both uh, things. I figure you've had camel and lion, but you haven't had dog. Not uh, eaten dog. No, right. even though I've been in the southeast, but no. Wait a minute. Uh, just one last question before we move on with the quiz here. You had cookouts. You were at cookouts. Who's bringing a lion? Who's like, where's the hibachi? Oh, there was a there was a game. There was a shop in the Chicago area that sold game. And was um, it legal to sell lion meat? Um, they, well, they were shut down eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering so, about that. Yeah. That's a good question. Because hmm. I would try possum. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's sort of late, but let's try this. <laughs> Leslie here. Uh, she might well be. I, there, there's no real way to do the game properly at this we point. We can hear her. Leslie, can you can you hear us? She's connecting right now. Yeah. Hey, Les. 
Leslie O'Van Blake, by the way, is the co-star-ish of Two on the Isle, a theater review program that has been running uh, with host Charlie Gross for many, 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 many years. She's a theater critic, a former actress, and Leslie, are you with us? And she's our friend. And our friend. Leslie! Leslie, we can't hear you if you're talking. We see your, 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 you got your follow-up, which is great, but we don't hear you. Ask her to she's, she's participating. I can see her as a participant. I, I, there's not even giving me the, the unmute thing. No, it's not there. even. Yeah. Ask her to unmute, David. I don't want to be on screen. Well, I'm, I'm saying, but there's no, it doesn't have that ask to unmute thing, which is weird. Hmm. So it's not even giving me that option. Hmm. I'll see if we can text her. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I assume she can hear us. Oh, here we go. Wait. Oh, she's coming back. Leslie, Leslie. 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 See, Risa, this is how my show goes. I don't worry about mistakes. <laughs> then the entire program is a mistake, essentially. <laughs> By the way, in the game, uh, Vicky has six points. Risa, not yet on the board, but we're sort of only halfway through the game. I'm telling Risa most times people don't get it. Oh, I dare. So, you know, it's no big deal if you don't get any points. Really, you're not supposed to get any points. Leslie! Singularly pointless game. Oh, Leslie, you're doing video. Hey, how are you, kiddo? Sweetheart. What? Hi. Is he okay? Um, <clears throat> can, can, is she muted? That's the thing. We, we, she was fine. We had her... her, her um, Just leave those roses on. Yeah, the roses are lovely. Oh, we lost her. Okay. Yeah. I um, think it's her Wi-Fi connection sometimes isn't good. She said. Oh, that yeah, we, yeah. she's had that. It has nothing to do with with what she's been dealing with. It's just her you know, Wi-Fi, wifi so sucks because cool. it's it's only twenty twenty three, and and they you know, big companies can't get their Wi-Fi and and right. You know, it's like well, no, she lives in a massive apartment building, so all the more you know, in the middle of Manhattan. Like hello, but you know what? We're gonna continue with the game. Um, so here's the deal. We're at question number four, which means Risa, this is your shot. You got on the okay. Board. And this is yet another. I'm gonna say try to try to come back, right? Yeah, please ask her to keep trying. Risa, this is a, a special question called change one letter. She's trying. She's trying. But, um, I'm trying. This is such a perfect game for a dyslexic. Thank you very much. But continue. <laughs> oh, that's right. You might get the, the wrong, not the wrong letter. So here's how this one works. No, I understand. You give me, I, I know, I know the drill of change one letter. Uh -huh. Okay, fine. So it's one point for one of the answers and another point for the other answer. And you're, you can give us both answers if you can. And okay. I, I, I do a little doggerel poem that should give you both answers. You're ready? Good. All right. Here we go. Um, and this is about someone who was born today, January 7th, in 1948. Okay. okay. Here we go. Um, I'm all right, this footloose pop tunesmith made clear. Change one letter and you have a lumberjack's career. Oh. David. So. And. Close. So chopping wood is what a lumberjack does. Polishing his, you know, polishing his saw. Yeah. I'm thinking of the seven habits of highly effective people. Spend some time polishing, you know, sharpening your saw. Uh, th this game it, and my brain are not a good match. But well, you're, but, you're looking for a word. You're looking for one. 
Oh, one word? One word. That then changes one letter. Well, I think I'm going to pass to Vicky or uh, or any other. No, no, you can try it. I mean, do the do the clues again. I'll I'll, I'll read the poem again. Think, okay. Think of who sang the song. Think of the singer of this. Oh. Song. Okay. Here we go. I'll read it again. Here's the poem. I'm all right. This footloose pop tunesmith made clear. Oh yeah. Change one letter, and you have a lumberjack's career. I give up. I really can't do stuff like this. I, so this is what I know. I'm really smart in a lot of ways, but not this. So please let me pass it on. Fair, fair enough. Okay. And remember, we can push your book. Mr. Bear speaks without fear. So um, okay, I'm going to say Kenny Loggins and Logging. I don't know if that's right, but I'm going to say that. Is that your final answer, Vicki? Kenny yes. Loggins, change one letter in Loggins, and it becomes Logging. Final answer? Yes. You are not only footloose, you are fancy free, and you are on fire in this game. I am shocking. And you know what? It wasn't until you said it again and I heard the I'm all right, that I could see the little character, the little groundhog. And I thought, oh, I was thinking the movie Footloose. Oh, um, yeah. me too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. what you had, you, Joyce was, was on the sheet, had logins. And yeah. logger, and I was oh, like, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's when when I heard I'm All Right, I said, oh, that's Kenny Loggins. I remember that song. And there you go. Um, excuse yeah. me. I just wanted you to know oh. I'm lurking here, okay? Hello. Oh, Hello, darling. Hey. I'm yes. just lurking. I, I know the show. I know you've already gone way over in, yeah. the, in the quiz. I'm just lurking. Well, well, well lur lurk away. How are you, Leslie? This is Leslie Hope and Blake. Uh, well, I, I'm very late. I'm so sorry, um, but I'm here. <laughs> I am still here. And how are you feeling, Leslie? I think I'm. I think I've I've rounded the corner. I think I'm going to be okay. Mazel tov. I mean, that's a, you know. Thank I, you. You just had such a rough, rough time of it. It's so. been a rough time. Thank you. I'm very sorry. No, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Sorry for you. Yeah. Um, so I wish I was there. I would I would bring over something. You're so bring, sweet. I, I bring I, over people, something to make you laugh. People have been so kind. My friends have been so kind. You have no idea. I, I, I'm very I'm very grateful. Uh, Leslie, what did you do for New Year's Eve? Did you drink oh, champagne? Please. <laughs> um, um, well, I was on I was on Dave's show. I, I, I wasn't on with you. I thought I was gonna be on with you, but I wasn't. Um and and then I I was uh, on with Moisha. Uh, I was on with my family, and uh, we did a Zoom on uh, for for New Year's. I haven't been out. I I'm going out. I'm going to try to go out this afternoon. Oh, oh good. good, 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 Les. So here's the deal, Les. What we can maybe wear squirrels. Um, no, I'll just, I'll just squirrels. listen. I'll, I just wanted you to know I'm here. That's all. Well, what you can do, Les, is you can take part if you want. In we're we're not there yet, but in the tiebreaker. So sure. we'll do the game. Of course. And then the topic all three of you can. can and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to your guest. It's very rude. I apologize. Yeah. Recently, oh, sweetheart. I have no issue. <laughs> good. Good. I'm pretty, um, happy, I'm pretty happy right now. I would, Leslie, the guest. Just or so why you know. don't you do this? Why don't you let if if your guest needs to phone a friend, she can uh, she can <laughs> she can throw in and uh, tag team with. Um, oh, Rick. I don't. Leslie, I don't want yeah. to do that to Vicky. Fair That's enough. not. That's not it, fair to Vicky, but that's okay. It's okay. okay. I don't mind. It's there's three women here. Well, we all well, support you each know other. what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I could be a, a phone a friend for either person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's okay. fair. I don't mind doing that. Uh -huh. 
To be quite honest, uh, Vicky, by the way, has already won the game. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Right. Okay, it doesn't oh. matter. Okay. Right. Joyce is running outside to, to chase the squirrel away. It's 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 a it's a morning here. Uh, but okay, so but we Risa, even though the game is technically over because Vicky has eight points already and won, we still do the questions. We still do. Yeah. The so this next question in our third and final round goes directly to Vicky. Vicky, you can get like ten points now if you get this question correct. It is not. A weird one, it's not a multiple choice, it's just a fill in the blank. The blank, okay. Born January 7th, 1873. That's in like Hungary. Hungary, okay. This wealthy furrier found even greater success in the movie business. He participated with Jesse Lasky to create famous players, which is it the squirrels are saying? He, he, uh, which. He's sitting uh, on the other branch of the theater with his tail. He's mocking you. He's mocking you. He is. He's got, yeah. I need my gun. <laughs> Get my gun. Well, do, I don't have a gun. Who it was, it, was, it wasn't an uncle. You, no. uh, we, we can't tell the story that. He's got seeds in his little hands because he's like, you know. There was a family member or someone who would take pot shots at marmots. Oh, now, you know. No, it was one of my students. So her grandmother, her grandfather had, um, I'll just say for the lay people, Alzheimer's, right? But he had cognitive impairment and he had a gun and he would shoot at marmots with this gun and sit in the car and shoot. And so they asked me what the solution was. And I said, just hide the bullets. Brilliant. Just so long as a six-year-old doesn't get to bring it to school. I know. Oh, God, yes. Was this. that strange or what? Look at him. Well, it's worse than strange. The kid actually mm -hmm. wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. Yeah, it was. A, it was okay. a premeditated. Let's hear the tiebreaker. Let's hear the tiebreaker. Wait, we're not going to tiebreaker. Believe it or not, we're still at. This is the question. Vicky's so, 1893, born in Hungary, a furrier. Right here we go. Um, he he was a wealthy so furrier bad. who f then found success in the movie business. He partnered with Jesse Lasky <laughs> to create famous that. players. He's looking right at me, David. Which soon morphed into Paramount Pictures. Name that impresario who lived until 1976. Wow. I see you, squirrel. Oh, my God. Uh, from Hungary. Uh, that should be a good clue. Uh, I mean, I'm from Hungary, but that's different. Yeah. Uh, Hungary. Joyce, any idea? Oh, I'm going to get Joyce, Joyce is, is so into the squirrel right now. She's, she's in a whole other. Okay. She's just thinking of like, tell me what, building a concentration Liga, camp Liga, for Liga, Liga, Okay. Uh, once again. Born was a furrier. Famous players became Paramount. Died in 1976. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, wasn't Jesus Christ? He was. He was. <laughs> Liberace. Was that Liberace? Now? Not Liberace. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Um, hmm. Boy, I. Uh, I don't know. Um. You think I would know this movies? Risa, do you have it? Samuel Goldwyn. <gasps> Is that your Ooh. final answer? Ooh. Just say yes. Um, yes. Um, I, yes. I, I have. I have. A, I have an answer. I mean, well, we're all playing. It doesn't matter. So, so we have a Samuel Goldwyn on the thing, and and Vicky, you have nothing. Nothing. And Do it. Risa, I'm not, I'm it not sure. I, 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 because I know. I know there was Warner from Warner Brothers, and I know that it, uh, Goldwyn from Metro Goldwyn Mayer. But Paramount, I think, was Scorus. Was that his name, Scorus, the Greek guy? 
Oh, oh no, 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 you said hungry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said hungry. No, that would be wrong. No, you give it let Lisa. Do do uh, uh it's either Goldwyn or Jamil. I like I like early movies. Oh, I don't think it's Jamil. I don't well, think it's no, but founding the the, the, the the glove makers and the furriers who founded the big companies. Um but Skurus was Greek, so that couldn't be right. No. no. I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, wait, it was was it Lemley? Was it Lemley? I'm, I'm, is that your final answer? Because I'm trying. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll throw in Lemley because I'll throw in Lemley because that's oh, the, L A M M E L E. Right. Yeah. No, I know Carl Lemley. I know Paramount. 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 So Vicky, you you still haven't no nothing you can. Uh, I'm thinking Bella Lugosi. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it born? About the hungry part. Either that or Transylvania. One of the other. Well. The answer is what? it was neither Carl Lemley nor was it Samuel Goldwyn. We were looking for Adolf Zucker. Oh, okay. Zucker Lasky, uh, they created Paramount. Right, right, oh, well, oh, well. Doesn't yeah. matter. Nobody gets points on that one. We have, God help us, we have another question we still before the tiebreaker. It goes directly. I don't know. We, well, every everybody. Can say, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Risa, you can get this. There we go. Um, this would normally go to Risa. It, it's another. I'm sorry, Risa. Very sorry, but this is another three clues in the news. Um, so it's like that last one where it's three words and then okay. Here we go. The I words hate those. are. Listen, but give Risa a chance first before yeah. you guys play on this. The words are loud. Guest, wireless. Okay, guest. G U E S T. Guest. Right. Yes. Guest in my house. Okay. No clue. Oh come on, come on! You give up too quickly. Oh, Loud noise. Well, I'm like, I recognize when my brain is empty. <laughs> what was the last <laughs> one again? Wireless. Okay, three again. Loud. Thank you. Thank you. I got it. Wireless. Okay. Loud. Wireless. Yes. Wireless. 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 Uh, uh, pole. Guest pole. Loud pole. Wireless phone. Wireless device. Come on, Risa, we can, you, come on, you're still in it. I don't know why you're still looking at me. I've already deferred it to everybody. <laughs> no, 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 Risa, you're still in it. Guest. No, no, no. Uh, you're, you're asking someone from the remedial group. Yes. And I want you to knock it off. Overnight. Have some compassion for people who Overnight brains guest. differently. Um, unwanted guest. Uh, um, bird feeder exists. Really? I'm sorry. Yes. This, we have an update on the squirrel bird feeder now, or the squirrel free bird feeder. Apparently, it's, they don't exist. They, they say that they make one, and then I guess the reviews are saying no squirrels yes, get people out. People put pictures of squirrels eating at the squirrel proof bird feeder. <laughs> I call yeah. that a bad review when I'm a surprise. Yeah, basically, yeah. Vicky, you got a, you have a, a thing for us? I'm looking. I'm thinking, not looking. I'm thinking. Uh, guest speaker, loud speaker. Is that your final answer? Yes. That's a good one. This is why, Risa, I was shocked. I thought for sure. Speaker. Oh, she's you speaker. train speakers. For 30 right. years, this is what you do. And I, I didn't even know that when I did this. Excellent, but, by the way. Excellent, Vicky. Loudspeaker, guest speaker, wireless speaker. Oh, wow, that's good. Train. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, of course, the relevance to the news. 
That, that jackass. Uh, yeah, just jackass is right. We don't even say his name. jackass? Yeah. There's so many. Well, McCarthy, who who late last at some point last night, came speaker yeah. of the house. I watched so, it. I I actually stayed up and watched it. That may be why I couldn't get to you this morning. I don't know. There was a fun story in in the pub. Did somebody like almost attack somebody else? They have a picture of somebody holding someone back from Matt Gates. Well, you know, it's amazing that they didn't have to hold everybody back from Matt Gates. Yeah, the, something was said on the floor, but they were very careful not to show anything really. So we nobody really knows what was happening. It'll come out in some, you know, some squawker on yeah. on, on yeah, uh, yeah. line will will tell us what it is. Well, anyway, we have Vicky now with um, a wonderful Ken Togel point. Vicky's on fire, my God! Vicky. I don't, wow. I don't know what it is. I was drinking a lot of lemon water yesterday. Must have done it. Wow! What is that behind you, Vic? Uh, well, if you are aware, of that, <laughs> I can try it here. I'll get out, and you can see. Oh. it's a woman wearing a squirrel hat. Mm. Oh my God! All right, no, I had no idea. <laughs> Don't you love it? Isn't that Ben Franklin? Except when you're when you're not sitting in front of it, I can't begin to tell you what it looks like. Isn't that what Ben Franklin wore in Paris? Didn't he wear? Or who have a coonskin? Well, no, Daniel Boone, I guess, a coonskin. But he only have had the head. Oh yes, on the raccoon. He you know, wouldn't we have a foxtail thing with the actual fox's face on it? They used to put birds on hats too. Yes, full, full, fully stuffed birds, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, when you look at the history of hats, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, was the history so, of yeah, humans. Well, sorry, what was that, Reese? What was that? I would say when you look at the history of the of humans' taste and how it varies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you there know, are people actually enjoy the show. I can't. Uh, you know, there's no accounting for it. There's now, always been the difference between fashion and um, taste. Uh, yes. Sometimes yes. fashion does not really have taste. You know, yeah. My grandmother was a milliner and used to make hats, and they were weird. The weirdest, some of them were so. Some of them were lovely, and some of them were just weird. Wow. Well, speaking of lovely and weird, we have our tiebreaker question. That's a weird segue right there. Um, so, so, Risa, do you have a piece of paper and a pen? Well, yes, I, I do. Great, wonderful, Leslie. You'll. Well, I'll give it three. Two, I'll, two, I'll, two, I'll, two. I'll, I'll play by the rules. I know. So here's the deal. This is just one more question. Um, and we do it so that normally everyone gets a chance to do it at the same time. Because if we need a tiebreaker, it's just a fill in the blank. Who We're looking Vicky? for a, a name. Oh, Vicky, come on. Vicky with 10 points. You know why Vicky won? That's the squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> the squirrel was talking in my ear. Squirrel right. away. No, Vicky just, oh, Vicky's oh, just oh. hot today. So Vicky the year. Hot today. Here's the tiebreaker. The year. Because <laughs> Leslie, you've seen it when I didn't get nothing. <laughs> Well, and and me too. So there we I can't are. I got two points. So yeah, this is an aberration. Just hey, just accept that you're hot today, kiddo. I, I, don't, I don't be so modest. By the way, um, Vicky and and um, oh, I, I, I don't know who our, who our guest might be on the thing, but Leslie, just so you know, David Schwartz should, should probably be joining us next week. Whoa, so the real king is coming I'll, back. I'll do my best. Yeah. By next week, I should be a normal human being again, fully normal. Right. I'm working yeah, on it really hard. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Tiebreaker question. The year was 1896. All right. Published today by Little Brown and Company is the Boston Cooking School Cookbook. 
It's the first culinary book to use standard cups and measurements, and it's still in print. Though better known by the name of its author, and who would that be? So don't show your, your, just write it down. Just don't say anything. Write down your answers if you have one. And then I'll read the question again. And Vicky and Risa will hold up their answers and I'll ask Leslie to, to speak hers out loud, assuming she has one. So do your writing and let me know when you guys have written down your answers. I got something written down. Not sure it's right, but. Okay. Risa, you good? I think you do. You, oh, don't show it. Don't show it. Don't show it. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I'll get a, read it again and give see, it a See, I might be dyslexic, but I know food. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see. Published today, 1896, on January 7th, by Little Brown and Company is the Boston Cooking School Cookbook, the first culinary book to use standard cups and measurements, and it's still in print, though better known by the name of its author. Who would that be? Three, two, one. Leslie, who? Benny Farmer. Oh, and I said, I said Betty Cracker. No, no, not Betty Cracker. It is indeed Betty, uh, Betty Farmer. Yay! Risa gets... <laughs> Leslie gets one. And Leslie, excellent. Well done, guys. Well, well done. And what does, a does anyone have that that cookbook in our little group here? Does anyone? My mother. Have my mother used to have a copy. I don't know what happened to it. You guys have. My mother actually used Mother's Cookbook when I was growing up. Did anybody have the Mother's Mother Cookbook? No. 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 Was, it, was that a kosher? Was that a kosher cookbook? Or was that a regular cookbook? It was regular, but oh. you know, I, just you asking. Know. I don't know. I never heard of it before. This, no, no, no. So, so, so what, which Vicky and, and you guys all uh, last question for you before I let you guys go. What what cookbooks did you use growing up? What? Um, well, I had I remember buying a Betty Crocker cookbook, which my daughter covets um, because uh, the recipes are so simple and good. But I remember uh, I copied my mother's. She wrote she wrote them out. She clipped out of newspapers and glued my them mother on did that too. My and, grandmother did that you know? too. Yeah. I could not cook to save my soul. And I tried to make a brunch for my, my husband to be in my mother's kitchen of basically bacon, egg and toast. And I couldn't get anything to come out at the same time. And I burned several eggs making it. It was dreadful. I could not do it. And I did my, I didn't learn. My husband did most of the cooking when we were married. And I, I bought myself a Betty Crocker book because it, it had all the instructions on how to boil water. Right. It literally right. started from, from ground zero. My mother was a fabulous cook and would never let me in the kitchen to, to learn oh. how. Oh. oh. So have you she did not want to share it because that was her domain. So, you know. Well, well my, my former husband, the mother of my former husband, okay? My former mother-in-law, I guess, <laughs> she had, had good advice. And she was a difficult woman, but she had really good advice. Her advice was, if you can read, you can cook. And she's right about that. That is true. If you follow, really follow the instructions and stuff. And Risa, do you, um, you have a cookbook uh, thing that you've used? Or? Yes, I, I am exactly like Leslie. My mom didn't let me do anything in the <laughs> kitchen. And when I, when I, in my very first apartment, I did not know how to feed myself. And there was the first good cooking show came on and I learned to cook from that cooking show. So I was trained to cook by Julia Child. I was going to say, oh, was that Julia wonderful. Child? Wow, wonderful. wow. Mm -hmm. All right, my first apartment had a stove that you had to light it. You had to turn the gas on. You had to step back. You hit, lit a match and you threw it in. And then it was <laughs> And I 
that first couple months, uh, it was winter when I got that job right out of college because I graduated early. I, I lived on pot pies, chicken pot pies, which are terrible for they're loaded with sodium. Yeah, but yeah. you know, when I was 20, I was 21, I was 21 years old and I knew how to cook, but I took the easy route and just lived off junk. Yeah. Until until I thought I I got to do better than this. I I was able to cook for my kid Mm. growing up. I mean, I was able to give him make make him basic things. I could do a chicken. I could do a steak. Um, But by that point, I could do that. But our first kitchen was the size of a closet, a tiny little closet. So it didn't you know, there was no room to do anything. I had no idea what to do. But during the pandemic, I started to cook again because I was home. What else was I going to do? Because. All my life from then on, I, I ate out. I ate out. You know, I, I, I brought home leftovers. So the, the pandemic has been my friend. I love cooking now. I love, love cooking, cooking now. Life. That's so amazing. So what's your best? Last question. What is your best dish, Les, that you make? Stuffed mushrooms. Oh, Ooh, yummy. Stuffed with what? What do you stuff them with? Well, I used to stuff them with hamburger. I still do, but I can make a vegetarian um uh, version of it, and I use the whole mushroom. I chop up the stem into the into the mix. Right. I don't like breadcrumbs. I don't. I don't believe in breadcrumbs for more, almost anything. I use panko for for chicken. Oh, you know. Cool. Um, yeah. And and so I they're they're just wonderful. I, I they've always been a, a, a favorite dish of mine. Hmm. Well, you guys are my favorite. Well, it's sort of a sexist term, but you guys are my favorite dishes, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking. And- he says that right in front of his gorgeous wife. Do you hey, believe hey. this? Hey, gorgeous wife. Well, gorgeous wife is, is looking up squirrel-proof bird feeders. No, I'm looking up standing desks now. Oh, and, uh, past the bird feeder. We're also looking for a, a you know a desk that she can use because we've been living here five months and she still doesn't have an office to, to know, work in. No, because I work in my my real office, not my true. home office. But uh, let me thank some some wonderful people. First of all, our brand new friend of the neighborhood. She is Risa Wolf, and you want to get her book. It's Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear. You can get it on Amazon or all the regular places that, that books come from. Also, you might want to check out, what was your website again for? Um... It's Everyone wants to be a confident speaker, so I named my website Confident with a T, Confident Speaking. Oh, excellent. Confidentspeaking.com for Risa Wolf. Risa is just absolutely so lively, so much fun. And, Thank and you. sport considering the, the nonsense of this show. Vicky Quadi. Vicky, of course, uh, is doing shows in Chicago at the Greenhouse Theater, including, of course, Late Night Catechism. And it's Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun? You're right. doing those both this weekend. Anything else coming up in the weeks ahead? Oh, yeah. Next weekend, I'm downstate. I'm in the Carbondale area. So I, uh, I'm i going to be doing Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun down there. And then the weekend after, I'm in the New Orleans area. Wow. Oh, yeah. So I'm doing the same show there. And then I have to get up early in the morning and get to Little Rock, Arkansas and do a show there. Oh, good Lord. Whoa. Is that the Clinton Library or something? Or, or are you going to go explore or going to visit? Uh... Uh, yes. I'm, I I tried to work in a little time uh, to uh, to go around because uh, I think those are two interests. Well, I love New Orleans. Oh, that's a gorgeous background. Now I can understand what that is. Yeah, now I, I changed from the squirrel. <laughs> and Leslie Hoban Blake. Leslie, you, um, even though at the moment you're not doing obviously new I've no, I've been I've been working with Charlie a little bit on we, we he put up he uh he got J- Jeff to go with him to a couple of things. Oh yes. His old I mean, his old partner Jeff, so 
he's putting yeah. up a couple of things and I'm just working on, on the uh, copy and whatnot. Sure. Well, the show, by the way, because you can see a lot of the older episodes, the show's been on for yes. like 30 years. It's called Two on the Isle. Two on the Isle on both Manhattan Neighborhood Network and on their YouTube channel, Two on the Isle, usually with Leslie Hoban Blake and Charlie Gross, and now with our old friend Jeff Goodman. It's like old home. Are you coming back into to see any shows? I ever? I don't know. If I if I come in, it would have to be next week, and I don't think I'll. I don't know, honestly, Les. I'd like to, but I'm not. I'm just not sure. I'm. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going back for for a while. Um, I, I my I think that my immune system has been completely screwed. And I, I just have to see. I'm supposed to go on the 21st to see Merrily, and I want so much to see it. Merrily, we roll along, yeah, but I, yeah. I just don't know. And, and that's the only thing I have booked. I, everything else was canceled or I canceled. They canceled, um, um, oh, what the hell is it? So they, whatever it was, they canceled another show for COVID uh, on the 6th, the 5th, whatever day I was scheduled for it. I wasn't going to be able to go anyway, but, you know. Um, Between that and the closing, you know, Ohio's, you, go figure, Ohio State murders um, couldn't get an audience. <laughs> in the middle of the holiday season in January, it's like, how come the tourists aren't coming to a show called Ohio State Murders? Why do they want to see Hamilton and Wicked? I don't even, I know. I, I, I know, I know. I know. Anyway, guys, it's been, it's been thank a delight. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Risa, it was lovely almost meeting you. <laughs> Everybody, do my pleasure. Thank you all. Things. Thank you so much. Thank you, Risa. Thank you, Vicky. Have a great, great New Year. And bye, guys. Bye. Bye, ah, bye, Vicky. Have a wonderful week, and thank you, thank you for for being able to come in and join us. Congratulations, Vic. Thank you, and and wish us good luck with our squirrels. <laughs> good luck with your squirrels. Oh, Leslie O'Ban Blake there, and we're back in the neighborhood. It's 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time, here with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my darling and adorable, and, and squirrel-despising wife, Joy. Oh! Jesus Christ, yes. Back. Just one at least, or? <laughs> look at him, he's looking at me, look at this. I gotta see this, I do have to look, see this. Look at him. Look at him. What? And he turned away. He turned yeah. away. Now he's turned away. How did he get on it? See, this is that's this it. Is... That's it. Oh, twisted. That's it. I hope you know this means war. He's going down. He's still doing. It. He's trying to gnaw at the tape. I bet you he ate through the tape. Well, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, if he could gnaw through plastic, there you go. It's a little bit easier for him to gnaw through tape. Tap your window. The window thing ain't working. I mean, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I mean, he's still on there. He's scaring the birds underneath, which we don't want. Oh, that you, you, ooh, you squirrel, you. Look at him. I, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is my life. Okay, so, um, ah. Joyce is literally outside the door. I don't know if you can hear her screaming, get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll wait a minute. We're going to have to take down that bird feeder. Yeah. Yeah. Or just feed the squirrels. <laughs> no. Yeah. Remember, the squirrel is knocking seed down to the ground, and the birds are like, oh, thank you very much. You know, so it's not as if only the squirrel's getting some food. By the way, if you have no idea what the hell is going on, this is Dave's gone by. Um, it's yeah, our. I'm so mad. 
I know, I know. I'm so mad at him. <sighs> now there are two, three birds eating. He's bad. <laughs> and it's probably another one. There's a big fat one who's not afraid of me. Right. But the little ones, when I go, get, 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 they run. Right. But the big fat one, he won't move. The little, the now If you're birds, that food driven, you're gonna, you know? No, but now the little, now they're birds eating on it. That's good. That's good. As soon as the squirrel goes, the, the birds go back in. No, there was one bird eating while the squirrel was climbing on him. It was like, really? Yeah, he was like, I need more right, food. So share, if they're sharing the they're wealth. They're not sharing. That big, the big fat squirrel is the problem. He's the one who, he's like huge. He towers over the other squirrels. And then he goes there. The other little squirrels, when I say, get, 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 they run down. But the big squirrel's like, it's mine. You know what we can do? Is and we I, can... I tape that. They ruin I know my tape. Uh, well, yeah, it's easier to poke through and tape. And then I look, there's no such thing as, as a, a squirrelless bird, bird feeder. Theater. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Um, maybe we, maybe we can pick whatever else squirrels eat. We can make a pile of it uh -huh. by the feeder, and that'll attract the squirrels. No, and then... I don't want to attract squirrels. I'm mad at them. <laughs> well, well. Ah, and then we're going to have to have a bird-free backyard, because I don't know what else to do. I looked up bird-proof uh, bird, bird feeders, squirrel-proof yeah. bird feeders. Yeah. Oh, now they're two, three birds eating. You guys eat good. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you. The, the joys of suburban life. You ruined my tape. Yeah. I'm going to tat, tat, tat him on his coolie do. Well, maybe we, we'll use, like, uh, masking or, or, you know, the strong duct tape thing. Oh, now they're birds eating, which they should be doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think you have an idea by now of what this show is. We still have really crimes and old times to do. We have our Colorado limerick of the damned where we're going to Newcastle, Colorado. And what else? There's some stuff I wanted to, to yap about. Well, well, oh, oh. So Joyce, as you can see, is is very distracted by no, the there squirrel. There are many. There are, now that all the birds are eating. There are a lot of little birds. There's a robin. They're everybody's back. Are they eating properly or are they just diving into the broken... No, uh, no they're eating from the little bird. Good. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Speaking of distractions... What are we going to do? <laughs> Ask your listeners if anybody knows how to fix it. Well, yeah, I'm, I can't, I'm not on the Facebook thing, but, but if you have any suggestions for making your bird feet are squirrel-proof... I'm going to ask we'll my phone. Hold on. So I'm here's... But here's the deal. Squirrel-proof. <laughs> Ask your friend, the bird watcher. Happy Gardens. A wraparound squirrel baffle is great for keeping squirrels away from bird feeders. A squirrel By baffle. Conical, unstable separation between the pole and the bird feeder. Wraparound baffles deter squirrels from stealing bird seed. Torpedo baffles also keep squirrels away from bird feeders. Torpedo baffle. <laughs> we need a torpedo baffle. I don't even know what that is. Man, the torpedo baffles. Keep the squirrels away. How to build a squirrel proof. Anyway, so speaking of being distracted, yesterday, now now I drive very often Joyce back and forth to the school. We've got to go get some jugs. <laughs> well, unless we're divorced, I can't. No, okay. Um, but uh, so I drive Joyce, my wife, yeah, back. What does the word baffle mean? It has several different things. Like a bafflement is kind of an armament as opposed to being See, baffled look, like I am all the look. time. What? 13 proven tricks to keep squirrels like a bird feeders. That's just like our squirrel. Just like our squirrel. Elevation. Yeah. Right. Keep it high up and not next to anything. Yeah. What, what other ideas? That's not helpful. Oh, okay. Use, uh, 
Well, we gotta get something like a, a house with wire, <laughs> a squirrel cottage. It's it's out of stock. Yeah, we can. We what can... squirrel baffle? I don't know what baffle is. We could poison the bird feed. No, what is that would kill the squirrels? What is a squirrel baffle? It's a baffle. You know, like when you you making a radio studio and you don't want the sound reverberating, you put baffles up. And I guess it sort of mentally baffles the squirrel as well. Oh, soap. So, it soap. says supposedly squirrels detest the smell of Irish Spring soap. And they say that about deer too. Have that keeps away deer. Soap not yeah. far from your bird feeder. Well, let's just do that. All right. We can get Irish Spring soap. All right, but I don't want to deter the the bird the the deer though. Well, we'll make a small, a little tiny bar of soap. All right. I don't know what a baffle is. How come I don't know that? Well, it's going to tell you. It's, it's, it doesn't show a picture. Really? Just, just Google squirrel baffle, as as so many of you have. Um, See, they say something like that, so I guess birds. That's a squirrel in. baffle. There is it is. That a baffle? But I, if I were a squirrel, I'd be able to hang off that. I know. I don't understand it. What would happen is the squirrel would get on it and on it, and it wouldn't be able to get at the seed inside. But he'd still be tipping the the thing back and forth. It almost looks like a lighthouse, like a um, or, or uh, protection around a light bulb. So look at him! Look at him! Oh my! Oh, you can I show that? Can I? No, no. That, I don't want to encourage that. Baffle All right. the squirrels, David. What? I, I don't know what. What's a baffle? I guess you're you're, you're baffled about what baffles are. <laughs> How can I make a baffle if I don't know what it is? Well, it should be telling you. It doesn't show a picture, and I don't know what it means. They're jumpers. Yeah, they, obviously. Obviously, the squirrels are jumpers, yes. Uh, so, speaking of being distracted. Look at this one. Yeah. What? Whoa, this is what they. Well, that's a flying. He's taking leaps. Yeah. The problem is, ours are able to climb and jump on to the top of this thing. Oh, I designed a bird. You've got to call your friend the bird friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we need a higher pole. That's, yes. Joyce has said that since our honeymoon. Oh, wow. See, look at that pole. See, it goes like that. They can't climb the whole thing. Yeah, that's it. If you get it really way up, there's only so high a squirrel can move or jump if it's not near anything. How do we get that pole? How do I get that pole? Probably at Home Depot or, or Lowe's. You just, uh, can, do I have a pole that's like, I don't know, 14 no, you feet? Get, you need to get PVC pipe and a drill. We can't do oh, that. Oh, good Lord, no. We no. can't do that. I mean, we can, but we can't physically do. Why the drill? I you have to make it. It doesn't come made. Well, you put your, well if it, you put the pole in, the, it's just a pole. But then you have to hang the thing. Yeah. They're cute, fuzzy. Who knew squirrels were so naughty? Farmers for years, probably. Mm. This is the same thing with raccoons. You know, if you've ever had garbage out, you know there's a reason you have to keep garbage covered because they're rodents. They're raccoons. This is what they do. It's what squirrels do. They eat. As I told Joyce this morning, yes, we have a bird feeder. We know it's a bird feeder. The people who, who bought the house and put the bird feeder up, they knew it was a bird feeder. The people who sold it to them knew it was a bird feeder. Squirrels? They don't know. They, yeah, squirrels see that. And it's like, oh, squirrel feeder. Why, why are the, those human shapes yelling at us? And waving us away. They put this up for us. I did not put it up for Is them. it not dinner time? Should we have waited 15 minutes? I bet you he's there. If I look, I bet you he's there. Should we have said Birkat Amazon first? I mean, what the. Uh, is he there? No. Oh, okay. 
We'll figure this out. I'm so mad at him. I, yes, I, that yeah. little one goes away, but that big one is the problem. That big one that stays there needs to feed. Yeah, he's dominant. He's like, I'm, 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 he, you know, he's big pussy in, in Sopranos. He's like, I'm, I'm going to eat. See, they have, this must be the baffle. You put like a, it's a cone over it. Oh, you got to get a baffle. But our, they ate our I'm, feet. I could use a cone over. Uh, you could just get a bowl. Look hmm. at him, see? Nice try, squirrel. You know oh, that's interesting. If we put an upside down like plastic bowl yes. on top, there, there's no way they could, exactly. but birds could still go in. Yes, that's what they're showing. That's the baffle. See, I didn't know what a baffle was. Yeah. That's a baffle. That's cool. See, we can so do that. what they do is they get a, a plastic, uh, a plastic dish. Yeah. And then you put a hole in it and you put the dish on the wire so they can't, you know. That makes, I'm that actually makes that. tremendous sense. Something tells me people have been dealing with this for centuries. Yeah. Fuba, how dare you? I know. I know. Some of them are getting the upside down cheap plant thing, like a cheap plant thing and just putting it. Hmm. That's a good idea. Who thought of that baffle as brilliant? Yes. Yes. Bird, bird. What is it called? Baffle? A baffle. A squirrel baffle for bird bird fears. Give me one second. Oh, absolutely. How do you make a baffle for a bird feeder to prevent squirrels from eating bird seed? According to Birds and Blooms, put a slinky on the bird feeder pole to stop squirrels. If you'd like to have a little more fun with your squirrels, try turning a toy slinky into a baffle. Thread the post through the slinky and attach one end under the feeder, allowing it to drape down the post. Shorten it if the slinky touches the ground. And did you hear that? Yeah, look here. Put a slinky. Yeah. They show that. A slinky. See, I don't want to put a slinky. I do. I want to get a bird, a baffle. Look at, wait, it, it doesn't seem to be keeping the. It the, does not, yes. It what does is, not what is the purpose of putting it's a slinky? It's exercise for the squirrel. It actually gives them more stuff to, yeah, to hang on to. Yeah, of course it does, to. yes. And then it also gives them exercise, so then they're like a ninja. <laughs> then he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to try to climb up that because I'm a bird and uh, I'm going to call, I've got to call them and see what they have a yeah. bird. Lowe's has a, a bird baffle. All right. 18 inch black, I don't want black bird baffle, I want see-through so we could see the birds. True. Yeah, true. Well, we see them flying to and fro, maybe not just under the baffle, but yeah. Well, people want reviews of the bird baffle, cheapers tell. By the way, um, Speaking of distractions, mm. I... <laughs> it's a bestseller. Oh, all right, good. And, and the reviews are mostly four or five stars? It's four, about four and a... Uh, four and a half is good. There's always going to be... It's nice. like three and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well... Bird feeder accessories, I'm going to look. Yeah. While you're doing that, I want to mention that... Um, I'm so mad. <laughs> very often I try choice back and forth to, to where she teaches. Maybe weather guard. And there's two different weather ways guard. that I take. And, and I've done both of them dozens of times at this point. And so there's one that I kind of know it like. Yeah, the, but do you think this weather guard would serve as a bird baffle? No, the top one. No, it don't, they don't oh. work. Oh. Mm. Bird baffle. I, I would make it cur go more downward, yeah. you know, just like over the top of it. So there's no way the squirrel could like just get at it. Um, so I drive her back and forth to, to, you know, so even though I get the GPS going, I, I pretty much know 
I know the roads, I know where to turn, I know this, that's a five mile drive to where she teaches and, and where I was teaching in the fall. So, you know, I know it and I'm doing it and I'm kind of paying attention to the, the GPS and, and you know, the direction woman uh, saying, you know, turn here, turn there. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm keeping my eyes open and alert. And I notice on the local Walgreens. Oh, no. And I see a sign. You know, and I'm, well, I'm traveling. We're, we're now only a, less than a mile away from, from the thing. And I've made this turn now dozens of times. You know, it's like two blocks away. But I see a sign at Walgreens so, that, that shows Game Flings on sale. Game, G-A-I-N, Game Flings on sale. And I was like, <laughs> squirrel. He's hopping across the mark. You hop that one. Oh, he's, he's going the other direction. He's yeah, going. Of course, because he knows I'm there. He's looking. No, he's going to our stoop now. I am not there. You're not the bad boy. Game flings. And I'm like, what the hell? Because normally when you pass a Walgreens sign or sign for a dairy barn or places, it's like, oh, milk, uh, $3 for a gal, whatever, or, um, Ice cream, two for five, whatever it is, you know. But, but, but I've, this is a phrase construction I have never heard of before. Gain flings, and Joyce caught it immediately. She's like, "Oh yeah, apparently there are these these um, smelly dryer things that you put in, you know, with your clothing, and it has or or either wash or dryer, and you throw them in, you fling them into, and you make the clothes clean and smelly." But I never heard this before. I was like. Game flings, three ninety nine, and I'm literally. This is so. This is this is the way I'm constructed. I was so baffled, if you will, uh -huh. by this that I that I missed the turn. I made the wrong early turn, and suddenly I'm I'm driving up the street going game flings, not even yes. realizing until you I'm halfway the down the block. Lot. You turned in a parking lot of an urgent care. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's true. On. I was like, and suddenly I was oh oh I'm. This is not where I should be. I mean, like an urgent, sorry, second, I'm in an urgent care parking lot. And I have to back out very carefully for fear of any ambulances coming through. Yes. And then I get back out onto the street and, and go to the place where I needed to go. But game flings, ladies and gentlemen, game flings. These exist. Um, and I probably hate them because they've got like stinky laundry-ish smell. Uh, yeah, I just like clean smell. Don't give me floral. Don't don't give me the perfume thing, which is like um, Joyce has been been upset the last two three days because she went for a haircut, a really nice haircut at um, this local place that she goes semi local place, and um, they had somebody new doing the hair. No, they didn't. No. Okay. So who got who who did this to don't you? Don't talk about it. No, don't mention that. No. All right, I won't. I won't go there. I um, found. I found something I want. It's clear. Mm -hmm. No rust. Anti UV, so the birds won't get whatever. Anti UV. So we we're keeping the birds from getting cancer. They're not going to be irradiated by UV rays. But I will only get February twenty in February. That's too late. Yeah, we want it now. We need it. Uh, you know. Now. Yeah, I need that. So let's don't talk about my thing. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. So I'm talking about game oh, claims. Yeah. January 13th. Hmm. We talked about um, the bird feeder. 
we talked about the the craziness and the thing oh i do we did have this we were um having some issues getting back maybe, maybe from the storm we were knocked off our wi-fi a little bit so we're trying to talk to hp because um joyce's computers and her laptop is an hp no, not HP, but because of the printer. Oh, right, of course, the printer. The printer was was knocked offline. Couldn't get the wife. Couldn't figure out how to get back. And you know, you do these things with a printer. It's it's amazing now. I don't know if it's AI or what the hell it is, but you take a printer, a, a little local printer. You unplug it from the wall. You take the plug out of the side of the printer. See, look, they show the squirrel getting in the bathroom like that. Can't get oh, up it. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, good. Um, unplug. If they, if they, what happens if they jump on the pole? That's not helpful. And then you also you even take the cartridge out, and you let it sit overnight, unplugged, like it's right out of the box. And you, after hours, you plug the printer back into the wall. You plug the cord back into the printer. You put the cartridge back, and it's still. Link. Flashing the same, you know, exclamation point, warning, warning, I'm not going to work for you, I'm not online. I mean, you know, figure, you, you can literally unplug a machine from the wall and it still will not properly reset. It's like it will not forget. There's some battery in there that is holding the information that's saying, aha, aha, I'm not going to work, I'm not going to work for you. What they told you was that it lost the, it lost the program from your computer because you connected, yeah. right? Yeah, so so eventually it took like forever, but they they told us what to do and how to, we had to redo our router and, and re plug stuff in. But the best part you of this... You know who I blame for it? The squirrels! Yes. The squirrels. When I was chatting with... Because you know you have these... They're not... Bot, you, first you have to deal with a bot, but then you actually supposedly get a real human being. But they're not going to use their real names, right? They're not going to, you know, whoever you're talking with, oh, because for one. privacy's sake, they're not going to suddenly say, oh, hi, I'm Shlomil Vorkovich. No, because <laughs> yeah, you don't know what yeah, crazy people. I talked to him, too. You talked to Shlomil Vorkovich. Yeah. How's he doing? Good. He asked about you. Yeah. So, but the best part of this is, and the, the unnecessary strange part of this is, so I start chatting, uh, you know, the, the, the chat with HP online, and this is this is literally oh, a quote. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is he says. Swear to God, my name is Gino. Fine, thank you. But you can call me King. <laughs> I'm like, for, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know your real name. But do you have like a nickname for your fake name? And you're I telling like me it. both. I mean. G and Gino is only four letters. I could understand I if he said. I love nickname King. Come on. No, but I, I, if you, should, name, you should have said you could call me Prince. Prince yeah, no, I know, I, but I could have said my name is Dave, but feel free to call me Ian. It's like. Or you could call me Cheeto. But it doesn't matter. I don't know you. You are a helper there. Your name could be Mukhladinga Desh. And then you said, my name is Mukhladinga Desh, but you can call me King. I get it. I think they're trying, what they do is I think they're trying to train workers to be personable. Yeah. Because if you notice a lot more people chat with you on the, on the phone, I think, I think there's a trend with people working from home and customer service to be more chatty. Because if you're working remote, the only people you're talking to are your customers. I think that's okay. And I don't mind it. I mean, it is cute, but it's sort of, it's the most unnecessary thing ever. I like, like it. My name is Chino. 
but you can call me king. I, mean, I love it. I love it. I love that. No, but it's different for, like, Thai people. You should have said, my name is David, but you could call me Elvis. <laughs> right, exactly. No, but, but Thai people do this when they're, they're dealing with English. And they have names that are not that difficult, but unusual to an American ear. So there was a guy named Thangachai, right? It's only three syllables, Thangachai. But everybody called him Pop. His nickname Why? was Pop. Because apparently Thangachai was, you know, yeah, a little too pop? weird. How do you get Pop? No idea. I don't know how he got Pop. Did he like soda? Well, maybe he was a fatherly guy. Like uh, Pop Dad, Father. Or something. my father. Yeah. And granted, Pop is a very memorable, cool name. You know, Pop, oh, Pop, hey, Pop. But at the same time, Thangachai is not um, unpronounceable. It's, yeah. it's, it's Thangachai. You know, or I can call you Van. Or Chai. I would call him Chai. Chai. Chi, I would call him Chai. Chai would fit him to a T. Uh, <laughs> May your laughter be squirrel-free. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, <laughs> by the way, by the way, let's see what else I wanted to... to um... Thank you for respecting my boundaries. Okay. Yeah. Love you. Um, let's, I'll do one more try. Did you just call me Leslie? I said love you. Oh, I just said Leslie. Yeah. Well, I love Leslie, too, but in a very different, uh, different way. I'm glad she checked in. I was worried because she didn't... I wrote on her. I said, please check in. We miss you. Please yeah. come on Zoom. We miss you. So she was just late for, for whatever, and I'm glad she showed up. So let me do this. Um, I was looking at bird feeders. No. Wow. Wow. David, don't. All we've been talking about is bird feeders. No, I was looking at. Please don't trigger me. Job things. Because I'm, I'm an adjunct professor. It's part time. Yeah. The pay is horrible. Um, you know, there's all sorts. I mean, uh, certain things I love about it, certain things I hate about it. And of course, summer, um, I don't teach, but I'm not paid. So I, I would like something more full-time with, with, with stuff. David, maybe we'll get some Irish Spring and we'll just put it on the metal and see if that so works. Rub it. Yeah, yeah. We'll try it. We'll I always hated Irish Spring. I hated that smell. But my mom a squirrel. Oh, my God. You're furry. You're small. Thank you, you. are scared of loud noises. <laughs> True. You do hang upside down when you eat. Right. And I like to play with my nuts. Yes. You're a squirrel. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a squirrel. <laughs> uh, David, you're a squirrel. Thank you. Thank you. I'm scared. So, but I, I do want to do one job thing. Um, and this happened this week. This should tell you what, what world we're living in and how and you as a gerontologist will appreciate this. This is how, how you know, messed up my chances are. So it was an application that involved writing and editing, which is you know, straight up my alley, kind of perfect for this gig. Have they called? No. Have I heard from them? No. Will I? No. But, but here's the deal. I fill in, you know, it's one of these things now, all they want you to do, forget um, cover letter, you still have to, but cover letter and resume, send this and that's that. No, they also want you to fill out all these fields. It's like the whole job application game is basically creating jobs for people who, who create templates to fill in. So you have to fill in the same fucking thing that's on your resume again and again and it's again. It's so they could look at it more easily. Well, so there's one place on this application for a writing thing. Oh, it's a misspelling? No, 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 no. It's a bad language? It asks, no, you're gonna, you can actually use this in, in your or study stuff or somewhere That's, in your teachings yeah. about gerontology. Uh -oh. It asked me the question, mm -hmm. how many years of writing experience yeah. do you have? Yeah. How many years of professional writing experience yeah. do you have? What's the question? What did you say? And then it gives you a 
a thing like um you know, a little, little oh, box range or right. number no you're, you're putting the number it was interval ratio let's use real language yeah. what is interval ratio real number it was real number range real number yeah real number so I put down, I've been a theater critic, a published theater critic since 1988. Okay. I was even writing a little before then. So I put down 35. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't go. I would hit enter and it would give me a red mark. I said 35, 35. Mm-hmm. Hit enter, red mark. Kept, kept doing it. And I said, what the fuck? I was like, so I put 30 and it accepted it. It has this idea. It has a, a truncated, yeah. No, it's not even truncated. Yeah, it's truncated, meaning oh, it has it has a cap on the number of years, yeah. So this idea that there might be somebody with 30-plus years of experience, they don't even figure someone, I should be out to pasture. You know what I don't like when they ask you to put in, like, date of birth and it's a calendar and you have to cycle oh. through the calendar and they start in, like, 2008. I'm like... What happens if somebody's born in the 40s? It's like you want to... Uh, well, no, if they're born in the 40s, they're dying. But if they're... Yeah. <laughs> but if they're born in, in the 50s, the yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s, right? I mean, but this idea that it can't even conceive of someone with more than 30 years of experience. Because, oh, well, you know, that... Per- what? How come you're not dead? <laughs> how come you're applying for jobs and not in a casket, sir? So I, so I put in 30, the highest number... That it would allow me. And I probably should have put in like 10, right? I should probably clean up my resume, take away, and make it look like I'm 20 something years old. Oh, that's not gonna happen. And I'll actually get fucking jobs because I just have too much background. I have too much experience for the world out there. No kidding. I've been experiencing this since my 40s. Plus, you know, my personality drives things away as well. And then let me, but let me do this other one, sort of from the opposite perspective, from the opposite, something that I did not apply for but that did come up in my feed a part-time bowling associate oh whoa what do you need to do and here here they really want people to apply here they're, they're like they're not even vetting they just was like you know, are this is a quote this is a quote from the the job listing for the bowling associate quote are you into video games bowling and karaoke yeah. And I wanted to write back and I said, if so, here's a noose, a stool, and a will to sign. And it's like, I mean, I love bowling, but this idea, like, if is anybody into karaoke? Is anybody, if you're not like Japanese? That. I think people do like it. But, I'm, but watching other people sing and help, uh, I'm like, no! Isn't that called stalking? <laughs> right. And here's the deal. This is, this is the wonderful thing about America. That job pays $13.50 an hour, but you get 90 minutes of free bowling per week. Per oh, I would do it. Week. I could understand if you got an hour bowl after every shift. Because the lane is there. You know, you're, not, you're, you're, you're using the shoes. It's not like they're paying you extra. It's like if the lane is there and nobody's using it, Put your shoes on. Thank you for working for five to seven hours, whatever the hell it is. Here's your paycheck. Here, go have some fun. No, you get 90. This is how cheap this fucking place is. 90 minutes of bowling per week and and one hour of free arcade games. Oh, I'm in. But again, it's like, okay, the arcades, that money's going somewhere else and the mafia's got some. So it needs the coinage. But, but... I mean, one hour per, not shift, 
per week and 50% off of the bowling alley food. And we know how good bowling alley food is. But this is this is a job thing. This is somebody saying, you know, and if it were like 18 bucks an hour, right? If I were 15, even 20, so I'd be like, hey, you know, um, reasonable paycheck. And I get a little bit of fun, fun but, but at $13.50, which is still less than what should be the federal minimum wage, which <laughs> you know, with the Republicans controlling the House will never see. So, um, but I just felt like, whoa, no. As much as I love bowling, I do, I do love bowling. I miss it terribly. Um, no. And the, the fact that, oh, health bowlers, fine. And, and um, video games, kind of fun, kind of nice, you know, nice. smacking around if it's not working for them. But helping people with karaoke, blasting through the thing with a microphone and, and having uh, drunk people get up there. No, no. I don't think you have to interact with the people, do you? Well, it's part of it. I mean, you know, even if you're, you're spraying shit in their shoes so that you're <laughs> disinfecting them and keeping the squirrels away from those special bowling shoes. Uh, you know, which I would hate to, oh, that smell of that disinfectant spray. I've always hold, hold the bowling shoes away from me while I'm putting them on my feet. I'm like, I don't want this on my socks. I'd rather have somebody's foot fungus. Ugh. Anyway, you're watching Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz. It is our 876th episode of the show. We've been calling it Wolf Whistle, which is kind of cool because just a few months ago, we had Andrea Bell Wolf on as a guest of the program and we called that show wolf whistle but it was spelled differently we like her name i learned a lot from your guests well yeah well yeah and today we had of course risa wolf let's do how are you are you able to do some gridly crimes or are you still like uh completely squirrel obsessed no i'm reading news to calm down yeah there we go so i'm gonna do a little bit we'll do just a couple of Can we just get one look one I'll more check. See if he's up there, yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, I'll get the newspaper out. No, okay, I'm good. Oh, you're good. I'm okay. Good, yeah. So let me share with everyone the Always a Tree Can Kill You, the classic headline of the Grilly Tribune, going back already to 2019. This is a real newspaper with some some great photographers who can get footage like this that you really I can't am. get anywhere else. <laughs> but, Nature, nature's crazy. <laughs> if only the trees would kill the squirrels, then we have a, a good. I thing. don't want them killed. I want them just off. I, <laughs> want, I don't want the squirrels to die. I want them just to go, go off with the bird feeder. That's By the way, I, I took this for the other side of this, but look what literally just came out of my. Uh, oh no! Look at that! Look oh at no! That. Seeds, a gift that grows. Oh no! Meanwhile, the other side is, of course, the classic. Bring joy with a water buffalo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, but the Grilly Tribune has two columns in it every week. Um, one is called Cop Log, which has to do with um, people seeing bad things in the neighborhood and wanting the police to look into it. And also 100 years ago, their staffer, Mike Peters, goes through the newspapers from 1923 and pulls out some of the weirdest, funniest, goofiest things to modern eyes that were actually published in northern Colorado newspapers, well, 100 years ago. We mix them both up together and we come up with a segment that I like to call Greeley Crimes and Old Times. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Really Crimes Hill Times here on the Dave's Gone By Show, live on this Saturday morning, January 7th, 2023. I wonder if I, I remember to say 2023 last time, but it is 2023. So here we go. We I'm going easy on the crimes because one thing in the Tribune for the past two months, uh, they haven't had any new crimes. Really? This is This is disturbing. I actually... Um, I won't read, I can't even read, oh. You think you wrote the person, right? They said I they, did. They were having some trouble. You read it last time. Uh, I mentioned it. I didn't actually read it. Let me see if I can find the uh, the message from a very nice lady at the Greeley Tribune. She's a person who um, collates all this. And if you've ever taken collates, you know how delightful that can be. Search mail, Tribune. Let's see. No. Um, what did she write back? Uh, no, that's not that. Um, oh, well. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, ah, yes. Yeah. So a very nice person wrote back and said that. Uh, Thanks for reaching out. Sadly, there are issues with the implementation of an RMS system. Now, see, one of the reasons I'm not getting hired for publishing jobs is I don't know what an RMS system is. And the employee who sends us the logs has been unable to receive them. But they're following up. This this was literally before the holiday, or this was before, um, yeah, it was before all the holidays. I'll shoot you an email once I hear back and keep you in the loop going forwards. Hopefully, in the upcoming weeks, we can both get back to cop logs. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the trib but um at least as of a check of a couple of days ago they're not back so i'm going quite easy on the logaria and sticking more with the old times but let's do one or two pieces of crime are you ready babe yes sir okay good and you have your 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 sound machine a caller <laughs> That's some caller right there. A caller on 31st Street said a woman with a bunch of metal objects and an alcoholic beverage in her hands was trying to get into a building with middle schoolers inside. All right. Okay. This is this is arts and crafts. <laughs> I like, know that the substitutes are hard to come by. Right? It's like, <laughs> Tell me about I'm it. I'm here for wood shop. <laughs> Or metal. This would be metal shop. Yeah, why not? Uh, so, so if you cut yourself on the metal, you take the alcohol. But I don't think you're allowed to have alcohol on a school campus. No, hell no. Can't even do it really. Shouldn't even do it on a college campus. No, you shouldn't. I remember one time, I was just thinking about this this week, when we were at the um, the USC Fellowship. The, the There was an NEA oh, yeah, USC yeah. Fellowship. And we were at U- University of Southern California. And one of the people who was, we were being mentored, if you will, by all these different writers. So some music writers were being mentored by Robert Criscow of The Village Voice, and we had uh, theater critics and film critics. And one of the music guys was also Tim Page, who just that week had gotten tenure at USC as a professor there. And so, you know, it was, no, it was that day. We were there that day. As a professor, you get I, I don't know if he got full or, well, he got whatever. He got like a big, big oh, thing. Okay. And and suddenly our um, fearless leader, lovely lady, and we were in the lunchroom having lunch, 
And she, she like snuck in a bottle of champagne. And she, you know, she's popping the champagne. It might have been wine. And, and they're pouring cups. And it's like, you know, I just was sitting there going like, we're in a college university cafeteria. <laughs> we're spraying around wine. I don't know. I don't know if that's the best look. Um, but yeah, it's California. No one, no one said a no, thing. No, they even at the, my dissertation, my um, my chairwoman, they always bring alcohol, but you're not supposed to. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if there's under if there's people under eighteen or twenty, no, twenty one. I keep forgetting that the legal age of these yeah. things is twenty one. What happens? Anyway, let's do one more. Oh, you got to be kidding me! What? All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do not do this to me. I got two more. Wait, do not do this to me. A woman on Eleventh Avenue said. She brought. She bought the wrong vape from a smoke shop, yes. and it got her high. Whoa! And <laughs> and you're complaining. No, no, no. She, so she wanted something that was like just a, just like a, a smoking substitute, and they gave her a cannabis lace, probably. Oh, oh, so I. So she just like a lot of people. They do like e-cigarettes and vaping and stuff because they don't want to do nicotine cigarettes. Yeah. So they have like flavors and stuff, but mm. they don't have any. Um, they shouldn't have any any um, like chemicals to get you high. So they gave her the wrong like cartridge or whatever. They probably got her high. Oh, same this same shop. Yeah. Another one went into and they put like five different pipes in her mouth. Yeah. She oh she filed the report. She was gang vaped. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, honey. I'm gonna grab that squirrel and. No, no, come on, no. No, it's shaking. He's on the bottom. Look at that fuba. He's trying to push it forward again. Somebody was on the bottom because the thing is swinging. It's skinny squirrel. Now maybe he's knocking it good. You can knock it. He shook it and he's eating from the ground. That's acceptable. That you won't, okay, yeah, That's I guess That's acceptable. You can shake it and eat from the ground. Look at him, look at him with the side eye. He's, don't you give me side eye, squirrel. I see you. I know you. You're a skinny squirrel. I know what you're doing with that little scraggly tail. You can eat the you eat the seat on the floor. Huh? <laughs> can you do me the favor? Can yes. you do me the honor? Do the third one. I'm not down. reading anything. That was prepared. No, no, you read it. We I, I no, can't, no, 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 on 8th Street said a squirrel was not, quote, air quotes, quote, not acting very squirrel-like, quote, by approaching people and trying to get in the apartment building. And read your joke. And my, my joke is, uh, yo, man, got any nuts? You know who I blame? I blame the people, at, remember at UNC, they used to feed the squirrels outside the one building? Yeah. And that's what happens. When you feed them, then they expect humans to provide food. And one time, in it was in the grad school building, I remember our friend, member Sonia, she said their squirrels got inside. They followed the man in because the doors oh, were, the doors yeah, were yeah. those automatic doors. And he came in, and they followed him in, and then he was banned. And he used to let them crawl on him. What's wrong with them? I, <laughs> like, that's not right. Yeah, well, it's also why they, you know, um, we used to keep wildlife further and further back. We take away their habitats, yeah, and they get true. closer to town. And this is why, you know, people in certain areas, even in New Jersey, you have to keep your your um, garbage under wraps for bears. Bears? Seriously, no, that's not a joke. You know, there's, there's bears in New Jersey, and so 
if you leave garbage out in an area where there might be bears, um, bears are not going to be scared off by your having a TV. Well, I remember what James said. He used to say that if you, um, once a bear, like in, in the woods, like in the mountains, like a lot of people had summer homes, yeah. and they would leave food out. And then he said to, to them, to me, to everybody at lunch, once a bear locates your place as food, oh, yeah. it always comes back and it thinks of it like a fridge. Right. So once it like goes in your house or cabin and eats your food, then it comes back all the time trying to eat your food. And what do you think these squirrels are doing to our, our bird feeder? They, they say, oh, you know, bird feeder, the squirrel feeder, it's here. It was here a week ago. It will be here next week. I guess this is for us every day. Oh, and they just, they just reloaded it. New buffet. Oh, Let's do some old times. These are items that were in the Greeley Tribune. It was called the Greeley Tri Tribune Republican back then. But the Greeley Tribune newspaper back in 1923. For example, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Jefferson DeAngelis, nationally known comedian. Really? I don't know them. Do you know them? Jefferson DeAngelis. He, he um, a little bit before Lenny Bruce and George Carlin, I uh, imagine so, and, and Bell Barth. Uh, he made his third visit to Greeley this week, bringing with him the cast of The Merry Widow, the best cast to have appeared here since the old Greeley Opera House oh was thriving. Can you imagine Greeley being a town with an opera house? I like it. I, I know. I would love it. And this is one of the things about Greeley is sort of like they couldn't even keep up a dinner theater. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the cast had no hotel to stay in Greeley. So they spent the night in a farmhouse outside of town. DeAngelis is truly a Greeley pioneer. And uh, meanwhile, the farmer's daughter doesn't know who to point to for why she's uh, late. No, but anyway. All right, here we go. Here we go. Five-bedroom house for rent. Oh, wow. Unfurnished, needs furniture and beds. Rent will be, how much do you think per month, babe? A $10. No, no, no. 15 30 But 30 back in 1923 with no furniture, unfurnished. Wow. I was like, what, breakfast is extra? But can you imagine being able to rent a house for 30 bucks That's a month? That's great. Mm. Now, uh, now, Grant, I was compiling these a couple of weeks ago, so some of these are a little bit delayed. But this will be in December of 1922. Now is the time to wish a Merry Christmas. Oh. To all those good people we know, except hmm. those who call Christmas Xmas. Oh! Like, like the paper had a problem with this. And by the way, just in case you didn't know this, the most popular city for the Ku Klux Klan, Boulder, Colorado. What? Who knew? Uh, was the site for a large gathering of members this week. Boulder has many more KKK members than Greeley. Mm. Well, isn't it? And it's funny, you know, Boulder's gone so left. Yeah, that's funny. Greeley has stayed right, but who, who would figure, you know? Mm. That's interesting. And last week you talked about, there's even another KKK in Greeley, but it's like the Culture Club for Women thing. Had nothing to do with you-know-what. Speaking of the yes. Klan, speaking of them, um, a bull, and, and by the way, somebody, it was one of the Republican weirdos, like Gates or something, allegedly, allegedly at some point, yes, gave even a white power salute. Oh my God. I, I, I don't know if it was, or just his hand moved some way. 
I don't even know what the white power salute is. They're like, I don't know. But a Boulder Salvation Army meeting was interrupted by members of the KKK who stopped the speakers and took over the meeting themselves. Eight members of the local clan organized the, Salva the Salvation Army members to listen to their speakers, said the leader of the Klansman, quote, the great work of the Ku Klux Klan is to save Americanism, to preserve America for Americans. Um, where have we heard that kind of language before? Hmm. Is in some kind of house <laughs> with elephants involved somehow? Uh, it's very strange. Hmm. Hun? Hun? Can you grab maybe the tambourine or both of the uh, the things? Or I'll, I'll grab this. Ladies and gentlemen. Guess what we have? I don't know what. We have. Oh, no, I gotta play this. Oh, I forgot. Hold on. I didn't realize this would be coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Lupton alert. Lupton. 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 Alert. 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 Yes. All this means is that our next story has to do with. Alert. 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 Isn't that great? Yeah. Alert. 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 This next story is about Fort Lupton. It may not even be funny, but I just love the name Lupton. Say it with me, won't you all? Lupton. 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 Let it roll off your throat and onto your tongue. Lupton. Lupton. Lupton alert! With Greeley not in the count, the Eaton schools have the largest enrollment in the county, with 560 students in the elementary and high school. Second in the county, not counting Greeley, is Fort Lupton with 549 Luptonese students. Lupton, 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 Lupton. Oh, I love Lupton. Mm, 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 mm. Let's go elsewhere for our next item in Greeley Crimes and Old Times. So, yes, all of these have, have to do with Northern Colorado, Greeley, Fort Lupton, Evans, and, and places that aren't even uh, on the map anymore, but were a hundred years ago. But now um, we also have some new items of just weird, funny, Lupton. strange news, Lupton, in the, in the world at large, from anywhere, just because we like to share them. For example, this is a story that comes out of England. It was reported in the New York Post, and I'm, I'm reading it pretty much verbatim. This is how the writer wrote it. You're in trouble. Uh. <laughs> You're in trouble. Much to the horror of a new homeowner in the United Kingdom, a hoarder allegedly left a ton of trash in the house, as well as several thousand beer bottles filled with urine. Wow. The rubbish removers, a service hired to clean the mess, found the property in a state of total disrepair. Quote, you had to duck down to get in the doorways because the trash was piled so high. A lot of the bedrooms you couldn't even get into, Ugh. said the rubbish removers operations manager. Quote, I believe it was one man that lived there, obviously an alcoholic, and over the years he just accumulated waste and mess. 
It took a team of eight professionals three days to move 20,000 pounds of junk, mm -hmm. including empty and pee-filled cans and bottles. The manager said, quote, you've got the smell of the old beer, which obviously isn't great, David, I and just, then the urine. I just sent you two articles about urination. Oh, thank you very much. I just love the way he phrased that, though. Mm -hmm. It's like you've got the manager of the, ref, the, the refuse refusal people, and he's like, you, you've got the smell of the old beer, mm. and then you've got the urine. I think, I think he's kind of switched the leads there. I kind of think of like, there's the pee. Uh, you know, there's also some old beer smell. I'm like, no, no, there's the pee. Um, can you explain to me, though, why yes. a person yeah. wouldn't just take out the garbage? I don't because people might, it's probably, it's a mental health issue. I guess. I mean, how drunk do you have to be not well, to just... I, I actually think maybe they don't know their garbage days. That, you know? And that's probably what's happening. They probably miss the garbage every week in their there, There's something about alcoholics where they think leap year is garbage day. So it, it takes like four years. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. So Joyce said she just sent me. She just emailed me. No, I sent you two. One from your phone, one from my phone about pee. About pee. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, oh. Um, one is the man who... Who urinated on someone and, and look at the other one. Well, the futuristic toilet sensor wants to track your, your health with pee. <laughs> all righty, all righty then. Yeah. Imagine getting health data by carrying yes. out a bodily... Yes, something you do multiple times a day, urinating. Soon you will be able to do just that with a U-scan, mm -hmm. a sensor that attaches to your toilet bowl and analyzes your urine each day you use it. Yes! Withings, this is the name of the company, mm -hmm. Willie Withings unveiled the sensor this week during the world's largest consumer tech trade show. Um, of course, if you've ever um, offered up a urine sample at a doctor's office, you know that pee can tell us important things about our health. If we're dehydrated, pregnant, uh, I've always wondered, I've been wondering if I've been pregnant, if you have an infection, even the health well, of some of your organs. So then look at the next story. Well, they go together. But I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, right now people do this Colaguard thing where, you know, you got poop and you have to scrape and send in the poo. And then they tell you a week, five weeks later, something about your, your poop. Wouldn't it be amazing if they fix this, if they, they get this in homes, you can do this with pee and if necessary with stool. Yeah. You just kind of, you know, it goes into the toilet. A little probe comes out, goes doop, 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 flicks away the pieces of corn and, and the walnuts, and it's like, whoop, let's take a, let's take a taste. Mm, mm, mm. Ah, diabetes. Yeah. That would be, that would be great. All right, I'm going to read the other story. It's, it's related, so I think he was trying to test his wee-wee, oh, but in a, in a bad place. Let's see. Wait, oh, the, oh it's a standing desk. Hold on. Um, no, it's, it's uh, I sent it to you from you, so send, look in your sent mail. Oh, I, I use on your oh, phone. Use my Gmail to send yeah, a mail. Here we go. <gasps> Squirrel. You're like a dog in the movies now. It's like squirrel. Uh, is this about the Wells Fargo? Yes, it is. No. Oh my. This is this is going to be a great story. Oh, from the New York Post. Yay. Whenever you think of the New York Post, they do have the best odd news stories. What the hell? 
Wells Fargo, which by the way is one of the banks Joyce and I use, Wells Fargo has terminated its vice president of operations in India after he allegedly urinated on a 72-year-old woman when they both flew business class on a recent Air India flight. Shankar Mishra, who worked for Wells Fargo at its Mumbai corporate office, was identified as the executive who was terminated, according to uh, the English language German news site Deutsche Welle. Um, Mishra was said to be drunk aboard a November 26th flight from New York to New Delhi. Look, look at him. He's going right where the thing is. <laughs> he's knocking the cap and he's in there. You better fall off. Fall off. During the flight, Mishra urinated on a 72-year-old... He's looking at me. He's looking at me. This is the strangest show I've ever done. During the flight, Mishra urinated on a 72-year-old woman who was seated next to him. An attorney for Mishra told local media the banking executive reached a financial settlement with the unidentified victim. Um, he also reportedly arranged to have the woman's clothing and bag cleaned up after it was stained with his urine. Probably want to buy her a new outfit. <laughs> Knock it over the cap! Well, it's easier. He can get right under the cap now. <laughs> I'll be damned. Yeah. Squirrels are smart. Squirrels are smart. Look at him. Please. But the woman is said to have returned the money and filed Super. a complaint with the airline. According to the complaint, she asked flight attendants and staff to have him arrested and, well, kept away from her. Um, instead, the crew brought the offender before me against my wishes, and we were made to sit opposite each other oh, in the crew seats. Um, but he begged her tearfully not to have Why did he pee on her? That's what I don't get. I guess he was so incredibly... Drunk? Yeah. Yeah, but wouldn't he know there's a bathroom? Like, three feet away? He's on a plane. I don't, well, bathrooms are not that easy to get to and deal with on a plane. But you still don't pee on the person. <laughs> Remember Gerard, Gerard Depardieu? Did, what did he do? Poo-poo? He had a... No, he, he had like a... He couldn't... You know, he... He's a big guy. Yeah. So he was in one of these seats and he I had to pee real bad. I need therapy for my squirrels. And he started peeing in like this jug that he had and yeah. then they, they escorted him off the plane in Atlanta. And he said, I, this is a quote yes. from him. He said, I had to pee. I am an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. That was his quote. I'm an elephant. <laughs> Yeah, but why didn't he cover it with like his shirt, like or cover like I don't with a sweatshirt? Well, I guess you, even if you cover, you're still. I don't know. I don't know. I think you can still be discreet. There was one time. Well, this was terrible. Uh oh. So you know, I have. I always have to pee, right? So I remember I was literally. Thank God I went. So I went, and then I sat down, and then we had severe turbulence. It was like the oh. worst. Like everything with the bag flying. You know that oxygen thing. Everything else it was bad. He fell off on it, but she's back. No, okay. And uh, so, <laughs> this girl, and so I'm on, I finally sit down, and then they say, okay, like, the people are like, get in your seats, this is going to be some pretty rough turbulence, the pilot's like, it's only going to be for like 10 minutes, but it's going to be pretty severe, mm. you know, if you have any bags that are unsecure, like, put, stow your bags underneath, close the, oh, the little overhead yeah, cabin yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so... I sit down and then I hear and somebody started vomiting and then I smelled like doo-doo. I think somebody pooed because we had we, really we, bad... we, I was with you were on you this with flight. Me? Yeah. yeah, I remember I remember the shit smell. Yes, yes, you were there. Yeah. It was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no but I remember, I remember that. I remember the And it smelled, after the vomiting, I thought that's bad, but I think the person also mm-hmm. defecated themselves. Yes. <laughs> Could have been another person. I Ten know. minutes of turbulence. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. And I remember the... I remember the people trying to get up in the flight attendants like, no, I'm going to strap myself in the, mm-hmm. they seat belted in their little chairs in the crew seats. And they were like, nobody can get up. You can't get up. Like you can't, you can't get up because something could fall on yeah, you. Yeah. No, no, I, you know, I, I like understand Like in the kitchen that. or the bathroom. But I remember the person doo-dooed and somebody vomited. Yeah. But you just had a regular like pee making. You can get up and do it. No, I think I peed right before. I've held it in many times where... One time it was so bad and we were delayed takeoff and I, I took off my seatbelt and ran in the back and the flight attendant was like, you can't do it. I said, I have to. Yeah. I said, I have to go. Like, I can't yeah. not go. Right. You know, but, uh, but... They should. I mean, I don't know if they should, like, have little portable urinals. Or no, but that's, I don't know. Yeah. Would that. you want to be the one emptying that stuff? <laughs> oh, my. Well, somebody... Who is cleaning plain toilets? At some point, I, somebody is. Yeah, but they're not cleaning individual seat toilets. They're cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one well, time. Well, they're disposable. Was it my mom or dad? They went and they were going on a flight, and they had a they had to um d- delay the flight because I, I guess a kid had weed on the seat, and the seat was wet. Ah. I think it was my my dad's seat, and they had to find another seat for him because uh-huh. you can't sit on that. And then I remember like some lady moved her baby. And held the baby on her lap so dad could have the seat. To Did they actually tell him that we can't give you that you seat because there's baby pee on it? No, it was wet. You can't have somebody fly on that. I don't know yeah, why. No, no, but, but how do you know that somebody spilled the I'm drink? Sure they, I'm sure mommy smelled it. She was a nurse. Oh. She, she, you know, shoveled doo-doo and pee-pee and bedpans for years. That's what she did, so. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, there's some. There, Did they, they are, fire the guy? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Indian guy who but peed. But what happened? So he just peed on the lady it's and then... It's not saying to... what physically... I mean, if he took his dick out and just, like, pointing it at her... I'm going to say Wells Fargo. <laughs> April showers, that blooming man. I don't know. But he was an intoxicated. He certainly was, yeah. Wells Fargo, India, president urinates on woman. It should bring you up just one result there. <laughs> it says, let's see. There shouldn't be several different incidents. People, allegedly. Allegedly. Did you read the post one or which one? The post, yeah, that's the one. Let me read the people.com because that makes sense. How did this get in People magazine? People allegedly it's, no, urinating. It's Pee Hole magazine, actually. Is that, yeah. New York to India. Another passenger. I don't know. He got drunk. Yeah. And then. Um, I mean, I can understand if you're dry and you can't hold it in, and, and it just runs down your said, leg. The woman yeah. filed a complaint, she, and she said that um, yeah. uh, he kept standing there until the person next to me uh, tapped him and told him to go back to his seat. Um, so he it, he wasn't sitting, but he no, got he, up he and stood just went, up. like, yeah, yeah. he thought she was a urine. And it says, she also claimed that Air India workers were deeply unprofessional and not proactive oh. in managing a very sensitive and traumatic yeah. Uh, situation. The woman says she was just stunned. She start. He yeah. Start, no, he start crying and, and apologizing. Um, wow. And he wow. said the flight crew told me that the pilot had vetoed giving me a seat in first class. I wonder why. My God. You know. And by the way, in business, so he was a whiz. Is, no, this yeah. is what Air India said. Yeah. That um, we've taken a very serious view of this incident, where a passenger behaved in an unacceptable and undignified manner well, yeah. in a New York Delhi flight. That caused extreme distress to a fellow passenger. 
A police complaint has already been lodged, and Air India is committed to assist with lawful agencies in the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But how drunk? How drunk do you have to be? Well, they banned him for 30 yeah. days. Only 30 days? Yes. So he lost his job, mm -hmm. worth probably well into the six figures. But in 30 days, he can fly on a plane again. Oh, and so the father, the father said, this is totally false. My son was traveling from the U.S. He had not slept in 72 hours. He might have taken a drink on the flight and slept. What happens after that, he does not know. It's very oh. difficult to prove. Not really difficult then to then prove. The father you... says, I don't think he would have done this. Uh, this woman is 72 years old. She's like a mother to him. Um, what? That he said he wouldn't like urinate on his mother, I guess. But, but that's the thing. Are you, I didn't realize that he literally stood up yeah, he in front a, of her. I, how drunk do you have to be to mistake a woman for a urinal? I don't, I don't know. Uh, where's the handle? Oh, and he's grabbing her New ear. Times yeah. did it, but we can't read it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Obscenity. And at the very end of this New York Post story. The New York Times covered it. Well, good. Well, this is this is the, the well, vice president at um, what, what was it? The uh, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Here's this one: drunk man who peed on a, a woman in flight is identified. Yeah. It also mentions here that last year, a 33-year-old California man was charged in federal court after allegedly asking a Southwest Airlines flight attendant if she'd like to see his penis before urinating on the cabin floor. Whoa. I wonder if he asked her, would you like to see my penis before I urinate on the You know cabin? what they call it? They call it it's sexual harassment, right? He, why would you well, I how drunk understand it? that? Uh. <laughs> oh, somebody said sax him for urinating. That's funny. Oh, yeah, you got to read the, the, the comments on the oh, things. Oh, like I can't read. That's not right. In June, yes. a TikTok user posted video of a drunken man who was hauled off of a plane... He was hauled off a plane by Greek police. I don't know why it's funnier than it's Greek, but it's funnier. Oh, for allegedly yeah. urinating on his brother but that, uh, and provoking a mid-flight fist. <laughs> honestly, if I were the brother, that would be a fight. That would be like, stop, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, boom, yeah. I don't understand the whole... Like, I could see if you're drunk and you have to peeper. You might go, like, to a... You might go in the kitchen area and think that's and the bathroom. Right. Like, think the kitchen area is the bathroom. But, like, why would you... Maybe he got up and he stood in the aisle and he thought the aisle was the bathroom. And he was right in front of I him. wonder if that's what happened. They don't oh. have... Yeah. He's like, oh, my God, they're making talking toilets now. <laughs> Must be a togo. Hey! <laughs> like, where's the lid? That's like oh, lid. my God. Okay. Yeah. His lawyer said that the senior citizen condoned the act. No. That the older woman... Okay, let's see. Hold on. No. No, no strange woman on a plane... Especially is... in time of COVID. Yeah. Nobody's going to condone and getting peed on. they have... Um, what? Um, WhatsApp messages saying she does. Oh, look at this. In the woman's complaint, the incident occurred after the crew had served lunch and dimmed the lights. Yeah. And then it says him uh, stumbling a few seats back and then unzipping his pants and urinating on her. Right. And he only stopped when somebody else said to stop. Well, it's kind of hard to stop in the middle. Mm. I don't know if this is the, the same for women. Her but... a set of pajamas and she sprayed disinfectant on her belongings. Oh, <laughs> oh this is the area, I think, on a file oh. I have to say, yeah, even after all that, 
um, you know, but before she started spraying the stuff, her clothing still um, smelled bigger than the Ganges. So, <laughs> man. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let's um, let's let's finish up Gridley Crimes and Old Times with one more. Let's do one more old timey thing, just in case it's going to be a while before we have more crimes to do. So, what what else is here? What else is? Let's see. Um, last one in Platteville. L.C. Kent. This happened before. It says, bizarrely, oh. an almost identical incident occurred on air flight between Paris and New Delhi on December 6th. A drunk male passenger is accused of urinating on a female passenger. The victim did not press charges after receiving really? a written apology. Well, oh, my nice. God! That's nice of them. My God. I'm sorry. If someone pee-peed on me, I, I would yeah. more than an apology. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, in Platteville... Someone named Elsie Camp took a load of hogs to Denver. Meanwhile, the Plaqueville Catholic Church held a card party in which prizes um, were awarded. My grandmother used to do card parties. First prize for women went to Mrs. W.M. Winchester. Oh, God. And Mrs. W.M. Bushell won a box of Cracker Jacks as a booby prize for oh, the women. Oh, wow, wow, yeah. Oh, let's face it, the prize on women is boobies. But, you know... That, my friends, was Greeley Crimes and Old Times. Mr. Horace Greeley was no fool. I'm sure that you'll agree with me that Greeley was no fool. But he is getting a new set. Mr. Greeley was no fool. Yippee-yi. Yippee-yi, 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 Yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, you don't get a lot of men complaining that women pee on them. It's a much tougher. I remember when I was going to Hunter, and we got our puppy called Daisy, and oh. I had dressed up so nice for school, and I would walk. My, my mom would walk me to the train, so I'd get, I'd walk to her house, and we'd go to the train. And uh, I'm all dressed up. It was my favorite outfit, you know, and I, it was beautiful. I was ready to go. I held the puppy, and she weed all over me. Oh. And I was like, oh, and then I had to go back and change, and then I had to go back to the. It was just yeah. Oh. Oh, remember that's one of our first dates. We went to a, um, we were invited by friends to a oh, birthday party. Yeah, that wasn't we. At a theater. No, no, no. But the thing was, it was a birthday party, I think, for, for our friend. It was funny. And it was at a theater dinner, really nice dinner theater in Westchester. And they brought, someone had a, a relatively new baby. Yeah. Right, it's like a, not even a toddler. Oh, it was a toddler. Toddler. Who would drink and, a lot of milk. Yeah, and they kept, you know, to keep it quiet, because it was a show, and so, they, they kept giving it, like, milk and snacks and whatever else, and milk. And then they're holding it, <laughs> kind of, and he's got the baby, and he's kind of, and suddenly the baby just goes, <laughs> right down his suit, you know, right down the, I don't know if it was a tux, but it was a, uh, <laughs> like, well, what do you expect? You just you pump the baby, baby with, with, like, yeah. all kinds of food and, and milk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to Merle Fest, right? The musical, the, the yeah. summer. And then he ate a lot of cheese in the morning and milk. And then he sits in the baby seat behind G, the driver. Right. And then we're like on the road for like 20 minutes and he projectile vomits. Yeah. <laughs> right on G. I can't believe it was that long ago that he was, that he was in the baby seat. He was in I mean, he's in college seat. now. Yeah, he's in college now. He was in the car seat, so was Mook. We were between Mook and Iskander. Wow. Wow. Anyway, wow. So, we're, oh, it's 10 after 12. Can you believe it? In the afternoon, Eastern time, here in the neighborhood, we still have a little bit more show 
for Yao. In fact, um, I apologize for this. We have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned to do, a short, miserable poem about a different place in beloved Colorado. But before we get to that, I do want to, um, well, talk about the Friends of the Neighborhood, because we have a brand new friend this week. We thank so, so much to um, Risa Wolf for being with us, for playing the Today Yesterday game. Everybody, make sure that you get her book, Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear. Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear, or go to her website, confidentspeaking.com. For, you know, if, if you're an executive or want to be one, and English is your second language, or, or words are standing is in the way of fear. Kids? That's what I wanted to ask you. No, the bear thing is a, is a grown-up book. But then why is it talking to Mr. Bear? I think she's using a very simple kind of like... Was it, yeah. It's not for kids. That's what I, I haven't read the ask. book. I don't, yeah, yeah. It, it is not a children's book. It's not... She ought to make one. Because that would be a very helpful thing for kids going through like junior high school and high school and college when they have to present. But no, Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fears for anyone who wants to get over stage fright, who wants to figure out how to plan and do, whether it's a TED Talk size speech or something more full length, check it out. It's Risa Wolf, W-O-O-L-F. So it's spelled like Virginia and Leonard. Don't know if she's related. No, she said no. Yeah, she, uh, it yeah. wasn't her real name. Really? Oh, that's right, because it was Wolf of it. Well, she who knows what Virginia, name. what Leonard Wolf's family was at Ellis Island too, you know. but. Anyway, check that out. And she's our brand new friend of the neighborhood, and we welcome her. We also, of course, welcome back Leslie Hobang Blake. So please watch her in older episodes of Two on the Isle, co-hosted with our friend Charlie Gross. You can see those on their YouTube channel, Two on the Isle. And of course, Vicky Quaddy. She always does well. Out in the greenhouse. And yeah, my God, she got she's she ran the jewels pretty much on the whole game. Our Victor in the Today Yesterday quiz, and also go see her at the Greenhouse doing um, a couple of different shows, including Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun, and of course, Late Night Catechism. So we love these. These are our friends, just people who are in the neighborhood today, like Rabbi Saul Solomon. Mm -hmm. His website is shalomdammit.com. Shalom, D-A-M-M-I-T. Shalomdammit.com. This is a place where you can read and hear his mini-sermons, they're called Rabbinical Reflections. You also have the stage show, video of the stage show that he did back off-off-Broadway, oh gosh, more than a decade ago, and even the episodes of his TV show that he did on Long Island Cable TV. So it's all there at shalomdammit.com. But in terms of Friends of the Neighborhood, we've had hundreds of guests on this program over the years because we've done 870 something programs and so we like to honor the people who've been on the show in the past and uh, tell you what they're up to today <clears throat> so here are some friends of the neighborhood and way where they are at. First of all, congratulations to Seth Beeson Hirsch. This past week he had, for the first time, a crossword puzzle in the New York Times. Wow. I think it was this past Monday. I mean, that's just like the dream of every puzzle maker, to get into the Times. So yay for Seth Beeson Hirsch. Congratulations. Um, and then what else? Playing now? Oh, actually, or if you missed it, I mentioned this on the New Year's show, but if you missed it, 
on January 1st, New Year's Day, um, they did the Greenwich Village Folk Festival to honor the 85th birthday of Tom Paxton. And among the people scheduled to appear were Tom Chapin, Cliff Eberhardt, Christine Lavin, Paxton himself, Peter Yarrow, and on video, Judy Collins, Janice Ian, and Amanda McBroom. All of those people have been on this show. So if you missed it, it was live in, in concert. It was also apparently streamed and still available. So go check out the uh, Greenwich Village Folk Festival, and, and, and especially see the one from last week where our beloved Tom Paxton was fated and sung to and sung along with a major major figure in american music i believe anyway so that's um that's really cool what else was i going to say about that no well i think paxton is coming to baltimore in a week or oh, two wow. as well so that that would be worth checking into i want to let you know that eric jensen is on broadway in the collaboration that is a Manhattan Theatre Club production at their Broadway theater, the Samuel J. Friedman, playing now through the end of the month. And, oh, honey! Honey! What? We have an alert. Uh-oh. Who do you think? I'm afraid. Austin Pendleton. It's an Austin Pendleton alert! Yes, Austin Pendleton is still, of course, very, very busy. He has directed the Broadway revival of the off-Broadway play um, Between Riverside and Crazy by Stephen Adley Gerges. It's at the that Helen Hayes Theater, which is run by the second stage. So go see Between Riverside and Crazy, as staged by Austin Pendleton. On Broadway, uh, running and making tons of money, especially over the holiday, it's Funny Girl at the August Wilson Theater, which features our, our uh, friend Tova Felchu uh, playing the mom, Mrs. Or is she the mom or Mrs. Strakosh? I, I haven't seen it with her. I saw it before the, the new cast came in. But anyway, she's in there. Lilius White is in Town at the Walter Kerr Theater. Alan Menken wrote the music for two shows currently playing in New York. One of them is Aladdin on Broadway. The other is Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway, which also features our great friend Stu Zagnet. That is playing at the West Side Theater on West 43rd Street. Birdland has Jim Caruso, of course, his cast party every Monday night. Get tickets at birdlandjazz.com. Remember that our friend Evan Seplo edits stagebuddy.com. And Dr. Demento is doing new Dr. Demento shows at drdemento.com. And those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is 20 after 12, just about Eastern time here in the neighborhood. So we're just about finishing up the show. Not quite. I do want to remind you that if you missed any part of the excitement of this program, the squirrel watching yes. uh, in particular, or if you missed some of the early things we were talking about, you want to see it again, give us like 24 hours and this show will be archived at davesgongby.com where all the archives Go. So you could literally listen to the very first program we ever did 20 plus years ago just by going to davesgoneby.com. You can listen to all the radio shows. We've only lost like a, a tiny handful over the years to technical problems and other reasons. Pretty much everything we've ever done on 
first terrestrial radio, then college radio, and the past four or five years, the video stuff. It's, it's literally all there for free at davesgoneby.com. Please give it a look and a listen. We even have a separate archive there of just the interviews. If you want to see them abstracted and taken out of the longer programs. davesgoneby.com. We also put all our archives up at archive.org. We have a Dave's Gone By channel there. Check it out, archive.org. We put our audio up as podcasts at castbox.fm, castbox.fm. So if you're on the go and you don't want to watch, you want to just you know listen wherever you are, that's a really good option for you. Remember that all our Facebook shows have been archived kind of automatically on our Facebook page if you keep scrolling down and down and down. So there's a ton of different ways you can access this material, years and years of Dave's Gone By content, comedy, back in the day we had music, um, the jokes, the interviews, the all of it is all there for fun at any time at davesgoneby.com. And remember, please to also write to me, davesgoneby at aol.com. Yes, still have the old AOL address, davesgoneby at aol. Dot com. I have a Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2. It's Radio Dave and the number 2. And don't forget, lastly but not leastly, my other website, DaveLefkowitz.org. If you want to read my plays, if you want to read my song lyrics, if you want to, what else? All, all the stories um, that I wrote, journalism things and theater criticism that I've done. Um, I haven't been able to upload a lot of new stuff over the past few weeks for just being too darn busy. But there's more than a thousand pieces on there already of all like aspects a, of my writing. Like yeah, and there may even be some squirrel stories on there. But um, check it out, Dave Lefkowitz, L-E-F-K-O-W-I-T-Z, dot org. Give it a look. Anyway, <clears throat> we're not. Yes, you think you think I've forgotten? You think, man? Oh, he'll close the show and he won't do that horrible little po. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. It's called the Colorado Limerick of the Damned. And we're going to Newcastle, Colorado. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines, in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So this is a limerick. Colorado, Rado, Rado, indeed, because Joyce and I lived in northern Colorado for about 13 years, and I got it into my head, huh, this head, one day to start writing a poem about as many different places in Colorado as I could think. I was, I was only going to do a couple, and then they just kind of kept coming and kept coming, and now it's a bit of a struggle because I've done more than 200, uh, and you know, some places are easier than others. But I'm still doing it. I'm still doing these Colorado limericks of the damned. Um, I call them that because limericks are supposed to be kind of cute, amusing, and mine try to be, but mostly end up being vulgar and disgusting. So if you have children, say, yeah, this one's bad. So <laughs> if, you, if you have kids in the room, you might want to scoot them out for a moment. As I talk about Newcastle, Colorado, I'll give you a little info about the, the place. It's a small but still growing town of under 5,000 people, incorporated by coal miners back in 1888. 
Um, kind of interesting, a methane explosion in 1896 killed a bunch of people, and those coal fires were still burning as of two years ago. So well over 100 years, fires burning from a methane explosion in a mine. My gosh. Currently, though, other parts of Newcastle have a golf course, and they have restaurants with names like The Lazy Bear, Hogback Pizza, Two Coronas, and, of course, Hong's Garden Chinese. So Newcastle, kind of, you know, trying to build that up and, and uh, make it more of a suburban-ish town. Not helping is going to be this poem. It's a five-line limerick, our Colorado limerick of the damned for Newcastle, Colorado. <clears throat> a haughty young man from Newcastle got caught in a horrible hassle. Pulled over for speeding, he lost his fine breeding and called the policeman an asshole. Please send your comments and complaints to Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Ah, yes, um, I am not responsible for the content of this program. I, 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 David, I, I found the place near the Dinghow that sends the squirrel buster. Is that. Is is the Dinghill place in Cockeysville? Yeah, losing it's near Mace Chapel. Yeah. Tullamore. Tullamore, yeah, it's at that shopping center. We can go there. And I can get some Lose Ding Hao. And how. Lose Ding Hao is, is actually the name of a Chinese restaurant um, not too far from where we live. And it turned out to be very good. So I, I definitely want to go it back there. the best, right? Ding Hao. Ding Hao. Um, but, but the weird part is when you look for it on the web, it's called Lose Ding Hao. Mm -hmm. But the restaurant is the Ding Hao Inn. So I don't know, they're probably missing a lot of business when people are looking for like Lou and he's under D. I don't know. But anyway, the food was good. So we're looking for a place to obviously buy either a new bird feeder or a new bird feeder with a way to protect it from the evil. Evil squirrels that are propagating. This is near Sam's Club. All right, well, I don't know where that is. We're, but yeah, we're on a mission today. Obviously, we are gonna we're gonna figure out how to keep the squirrels. Don't make fun. Why not? <laughs> to, to to keep the squirrels away from our bird seed and our bird feeder, so that birds can enjoy it, um, and maybe you know. I don't mind the squirrels having a little bit of a nosh. I really don't. But don't commandeer and don't break our stuff. I mean, really, really. I guess squirrels and us have a rocky relationship. Get it? Rocky, oh. Rocky the Flying. Okay, on that note, you've been watching the 876th episode of Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my darling and adorable wife, Joyce. Thanks once again, Risa and Leslie and Vicky. We expect to see you back next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for the 877th episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then, don't miss your Dave's Gone By. Have a great week. Enjoy the early, um, well, yeah, the early winter. Um, and the early part of the new year before all the tragedies really start cascading. Uh, make it a good week and go. Hey, where's my thing? Gotta find my music. Make it a good week and.
Gone by. Dave's gone by. Dave's gone by. And that's about squirrel. False alarm.